This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. This is Michael Jan Friedman, and you're listening to Cosmic Potato. Because Cosmic makes everything sound cooler, even potatoes. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. Hey everybody and welcome to the season finale of Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray and sitting across the virtual table from me is Master to my Padawan, Obi John Kenobi. How are you, sir? (laughs) Your Padawan looks great from here. (laughs) And also on the mic with us is Supreme Leader Rick. How are you? Excellent. (laughs) <laughs> and then there's the guy that took over Moss Eisley after B. Arthur left town. <laughs> Scott, how are you, sir? Happy life day, everyone. <laughs> right. So uh, tonight is our uh, our last show of 2017. So we thought we would end things this year by talking about a movie that has been making a lot of news over the last couple of weeks. And a lot of people have been talking about it, and it's been getting some mixed reviews. Of course, the movie I'm talking about is Roman J. Israel Esquire, starring Denzel Washington. Yes! That's a genius. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. We're going to be talking about Star Wars, Episode Eight: the, Le- the Last Jedi. And in case you don't know, it's the second part of the Star Wars sequel trilogy. And it stars Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher, among others. And it was directed by Ryan Johnson. Don't forget BB-8. Yeah, and BB-8. And uh, 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 what's the what's the dude's name from Saturday Night Live that does the uh, Hater Bill Hater? He does the voice of BB-8. Though, if you oh, can call right. it a voice, yeah. he does the noise the noises of BB-8. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so the way we planned on doing this is maybe talk for about twenty minutes or so without giving away any major spoilers, and then we'll take our uh, commercial break and then. When we come back, it'll just be free for all, and we'll talk openly about the movie. And uh, so, I guess the the best way to keep from giving away anything major is to just kind of go around the circle and give our overall thoughts of what we thought about the movie, and you know, and also you know what the what your screening was like. How, it, was the theater packed? You know, how long did you have to wait in line? You know that kind of stuff. So, uh, Scott, why don't we start with you? Uh, well, why don't we? Because I don't, I got nothing. I should have prepared for that one. Um, (laughs) did you see the movie, Scott? Yeah, I haven't seen the movie yet. (laughs) Well, I was, I was going to see how long it would take for you guys to notice, but, (laughs) um, all right. Well, I saw it, uh, yesterday. I'm, I'm about 30 hours away from having seen it. Um, I ended up going, uh, by myself that yeah R- remind me everyone uh, don't ever go to see a film without my wife because it 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 doesn't feel right it's weird 
be sitting in the theater all by my lonesome. But uh, <laughs> she had to work yesterday, and I wanted to be on this episode of the podcast. So <clears throat> uh, my options were pretty slim. I ended up uh, grabbing a ticket online, and uh, I went in yesterday afternoon for a 2 o'clock show. Um, I only had to wait in line for people who were getting snacks because I had to get my ticket from the concession counter. Um, that's where I had to pick it up. And uh, once I got it, got into the theater, the guy on my left only checked his phone about five times throughout the movie. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, the theater experience was not all that bad. Uh, There's only one row in front of me and the rest of the theater was behind me. Um, they've redone every seat in every theater uh, at my preferred cinema with uh, reclining seats, so they're super comfortable. Um, what, and, what, um, what chain is that? Uh, Celebration. Okay. Celebration on. Cinema. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as uh, the movie itself, I, I really enjoyed it. I think I like this one better than uh, The Force Awakens. Um, and I think a lot of that's going to come down to, uh, uh, the director, the writer director. I think I like Ryan Johnson better than I like JJ Abrams. It, it just comes down to that. Um, uh, the writing I thought was sharp. It, it, it's not perfect. And there are issues that we will talk about as we continue with our discussion, but, uh, um, had a lot of things to really enjoy. And as far as I can tell, most of the things that people are complaining about, uh, online as they talk about how bad this movie is uh it comes down to the way that they are watching the movie rather than the movie itself i think most of the problems that people are having are all subjective uh is what is what that comes down to but as far as uh the the production the movie making i think it was really solid um i enjoyed most aspects of the movie do you guys notice that you're having to buy your tickets at the concession stand a lot lately? I mean, I it, it it's like every time I go to the movies now, I have to go to the concession stand. They don't have anybody in the box, and I hate having to stand in line. If I'm not buying popcorn or a drink, I have to stand behind all these people that are getting snacks to get the ticket to my movie. What do you guys it, live in the Flintstones? It, it, <laughs> it's I, about half the time for us. And the thing of it is, when we get tickets, we we buy the tickets online first. Always, and we just pick them up at the theater. And about half the time, we go to the little kiosk, hit the button for pick up tickets, and it will have you scan the card that you use to pay for it, and then it will print out the ticket right there. And about half the time, I'll put in that debit card, and it'll say, uh, "You can't get your ticket at this kiosk. Go to the." Uh, it'll usually say the box office, which means the ticket counter right next to the kiosk, but before a certain time of day, that is closed. And they do all the business up at the concession stand, so I have to go up there. Yeah, it's been it got on my nerves because we went to see something a couple of weeks ago, and we stood, we had to stand in line for about a half an hour just to buy our tickets. And it, I don't know. Anyway, Star Wars. Uh, Rick, what did you think? <laughs> uh, well, I bought my tickets a month ago, and all I had to do was scan a uh, one of those you know square pattern things. I just stuck my phone under their reader, and they went, "Have a good night. See you later." That's yeah. That's a QR code. That thing, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, well, that was the first time. I've, I've actually seen it twice. Uh, I, I 
mistakenly thought we were doing the show yesterday and I wanted to get another uh, another viewing under my belt so I saw it yesterday cuz I'm a school teacher I'm off now for the to, for the Christmas break so and for once yeah. my little girl she's still in school this week so I actually get a week off to myself sort of kind of and it's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> I mean I love my baby so much but usually she's got the same Everybody needs a she, break, yeah, yeah she's usually got the same time off I do and when she's off and I'm off Daddy don't get no rest. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't stand in line. Um, I loved it. Uh, I spent most of the first viewing on the edge of tears, for one reason or another, which I'm sure we will discuss most of them. Um, uh, and there's actually one point of the movie that just thinking about it right now, I'm starting to choke up. Um. I, I thought it, it hit me in all the right feels, um, and I, I just, I was moved literally, well, not literally, but I was very emotionally moved by the film um, the first time through. Seeing it a second time wasn't as emotional an experience, although there were still some moments that, that choked me up. Um, I could see more of the, the warts the second time through, but I think especially given that this is the middle part of the trilogy. So this is when, you know, people don't seem to remember, or maybe a lot of the people that are bitching are too young to know, but we heard a lot of this about Empire Strikes Back too. Oh my God, you know, what's this, what's this with Vader being Luke's father? And you know, I didn't believe it at the time. <laughs> um, and how could they leave Han in, in the carbonite and they didn't end this and what about that and what about this and then of course Jedi came through and we're like oh it's the second part of Trilogy that's one of the reasons why I don't subscribe to the, the Empire Strikes Back is the best of the Star Wars movies trope because while it may be the best made film of the series it can't stand on its own you cannot watch yeah. the Empire Strikes Back without having seen Star Wars and have a clue what's going on uh, so that right there to me means it can't be the best movie um and if you want to would fight you, me i'll go <laughs> would you say that you could watch this one on its own no if you hadn't watched anything else no uh well actually i answer that very quickly without really thinking about it um yeah. i'll think about it uh let me let me uh let me get back to you on that but uh overall i very much enjoyed it i don't think it is the best film of the series i don't think it's the worst film of the series uh, you know, I, I still say that the prequels have the worst wrapped up pretty well. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it the second time and I will I will probably see it at least another time, if not one, if not a couple before it gets out of the theaters. And you said you don't go to the movies enough to get movie pass. <laughs> well, it's not it's not consistent enough. It's not regular enough. Yeah. And that wouldn't really have helped him here because you can't see the same movie twice. I mean. No, no, but you can't. Well, and okay. we'd have to get two because my wife and I always go together. <laughs> are, you, are you about to uh, imply something nefarious? Yeah, you can get the, a ticket to another movie and just go see whatever <laughs> you want. <laughs> yeah, Gracie. No, they, they Gracie. Uh, they went to the movies yesterday, and she had seen the movie that she was going to see before, and it let her do it. I, it may have been a glitch, but anyway. Okay, John, what'd you think? Um, I enjoyed it very much. I liked it more. I, I had to think about it, but I, I, I do like it more than The Force Awakens. Um, I don't know 
you know, saying, is it the best of the series? Uh, you know, I'm, I, I find it difficult to think that way since it's all one continuous story. Um, I will say that um, I loved most everything in this film. And what I didn't love, um, I could easily forgive. Um, honestly, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm maybe three-fourths of the movie and there's another amazing scene. Like, amazing. Like, usually a movie gets two or three of those and this movie was packed with them. And I'm like, <laughs> it is literally like someone just thought of, let's think of the coolest shit we could see <laughs> and figure out a way to put that in the story. And other movies have done that less successfully because you're like, oh, clearly they just wanted to put this in the movie. But this, all of the amazing scenes had a reason to be there and was completely justified and bolstered the story. Um, <laughs> there was one scene that was impressive that I was a little too long, but that's really like my only complaint. And it, and it wasn't even that it was that long. It was maybe a minute or two longer than it needed to have been. Um, but as far as the overall, and I, I mean, we'll go into detail, but I, you probably know what I'm talking about when they when they go to the planet. Mm -hmm. It was um, a lot more than a minute too long, but we'll... <laughs> well, yeah. but, but but it's it's served one of the overall themes, or a couple of the overall themes actually. But it so that's, been... that's that's why I'm okay with it. I'll wait. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Um. Uh. Yeah. So I mean, it's you know definitely. Uh, pork thumbs up. <laughs> Do porgs have thumbs? <laughs> it's not relevant to the question. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Sean, what do you got? I went to see it on opening day on thir on Thursday. Oh wait, yeah, sorry, I forgot to talk. About I I saw it twice. Um, I saw it. I'll, I'll yeah, I saw it like late Thursday night after everyone was home and the kids were in bed, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna go. <laughs> It's like 11 o'clock. I saw an 11 o'clock showing and got home at like, you know, two in the morning. And then I saw it again the next day. Uh, I, I, I basically, I played kind of hooky from work. Because <laughs> <laughs> things are slow. Things just, you know, Congress is, Congress is winding down and um, we're, we're out of print production. Um, so I just, uh, you know, I, 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 I just went, I went to a matinee, um, and neither showing because it was super late at night and super early in the morning, neither showing was packed. Um, but you know, decent crowd. The first time I saw it just standard viewing. The second time I saw it in 3d, uh, you know, negligible difference. There's no great benefit. All right, Sean. Sorry to interrupt. Please proceed. No, no, that's fine. I went to see the movie on Thursday night, and we I knew that it was going to be sold out, and I used MoviePass, and uh, there's no, no theaters in Birmingham that'll let you uh, pre-buy tickets on online. Um, there's only, you know, you can do it through Fandango, but you can't use MoviePass on Fandango. So I knew I had to go to the theater to get my tickets. So I told my wife, we've got to get to the theater as soon as I get off work buy our tickets and then we can go get something to eat and you know do, do some other stuff and come back 
So my plan was to go to, go to the seven o'clock show, and uh, they had three showings at seven o'clock, and they were all sold out. So we got into the seven forty-five show, and uh, and I usually don't do opening night, uh, but I just I wanted to see this movie really bad. I, I don't like sitting elbow to elbow with a bunch of strangers, but. <laughs> <laughs> So I sat on the aisle and I made my uh, my wife and my daughter sit on my left. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I love I love the movie. I mean, I, all the issue we're going to get into some of the issues that people are having with the movie uh, in a little while. But all those issues, I didn't see it when I watched it the first time. Uh, I've only seen it once. I plan on seeing it again, but you know, it just hasn't happened yet. But um, any of the problems that i had with the movie were not enough to take me out of the movie i was entertained the whole time i even, i mean i liked the porgs even though i knew that they were basically star wars minions and <laughs> and they were just they were just selling toys you know but i went with it and um the movie was longer than i expected it to be but uh but there was a lot happening you know there was no time in the movie that i felt bored you know so uh there was, you know, that storyline that John kind of hinted at. That there was a storyline that I didn't really care for that much, and I thought they could have made it a little tighter, or the things that they wanted to get done with that scene, they could do it a different way or, or something. But um, I did have, I had a moment. Well, I can't get into that without getting into the spoilers. <laughs> so okay, so what we'll do here is we will pause. And I will insert a, a commercial break. Well, at this wait, point. Is, is so, there is there is there anything else? Um, that we can do without spoilers. Like I can't. I'm. I. There's nothing I, that I can say without giving <laughs> anything away. I did. I mean, I do. I recommend the movie. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, and this is all you're going to listen to the, uh, of the show before you go see the movie, I recommend the movie. I think I. It's, we've said a few times that it's not the best Star Wars movie. It's definitely not the worst Star Wars movie, even though people have said that. I don't know that it's um, not, the, for, from my perspective, I don't know that it's not the best. Um, but I don't know that it is. I mean, it, it is it is, it is, is certainly not not the best. I, <laughs> I think that it could be. I think it's possible that it's the best. It's hard for me, It's always been hard for me to pick a best one. Yeah, but... that's a much more elegant way to say what I was saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because, they're, yeah because they are one continuous story i mean once you take rogue one out of the mix because it doesn't count it's not part of the saga uh and i mean you can you can take out stuff like the 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 clone wars movie that came out a few years ago and those ewoks movies and all that kind of stuff they don't count right but when you just take episode one through eight it's it's hard to say that there's one that's the best now there's you can definitely say that one is the worst because I saw some scenes, I saw some scenes from episode two over the weekend because they were showing a marathon uh, on uh, on cable, and episode two is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. I will I will say but, this: uh, I think that um, I feel like the themes, the ideas, the characterizations that are central to the Star Wars story, um, especially the the Skywalker story, but even beyond that, just to the Star Wars ideas um i feel like they're all very well manifested in this film and that's that's why i think it might be the best because all of the stuff that star wars does is on display here and it does them all great and it does it while also 
defying a lot of expectations, which is tough to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, and I, I, I really appreciate the way that they, they melded that all together. You know what I was thinking while I was watching it is that um, The Force Awakens was a welcome card to the new Star Wars fans. It was a, hey, how you doing? Here's a fruit basket. Sit down. This is what we've been talking about since you were born. <laughs> this movie here was a love letter to us. Yeah. Was, here's, here is the payoff for all of y'all who have been here since 1977. And we're going to, yeah. you know, I, it's, I don't know. I haven't talked to any of my students yet because we're all, you know, we're out now. I, I've got one student who emailed me. She's like, I can't wait till we get back so I can talk about this. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know how the younger folks are, are digging it. I read a story that Hai Chan wrote, uh, but that's kind of talking more yeah. about the, 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 the grumpy, whiny crybaby men, um, which we'll get to. <laughs> right. uh, but um, yeah, I've got it pulled up here. <laughs> uh, I was, you know, I was kind of wondering as I was watching it, you know, is, is there a little too much of the old crowd in this movie? And then I was like, you know what? F it. I don't care. <laughs> this movie well, is for me. <laughs> see, that that's like, to me, things like that. Uh, and I think, I think this is, you know, this is like what Scott was saying. Like, everybody's going to complain about something. You know, there's too much of the new. There's not enough of the new. There's too much of the old. There's not enough of the old. There's too mm-hmm. much force. Not enough force. Too many porgs, not enough porgs. Like there's, there's always, you know, you, you can't please everybody. It's but the I, state. I feel like... It's the state of fandom these days. And once upon a time, people who were fans of something liked that thing. <laughs> the, these these yeah. days, fans of something, they show their fandom by complaining about all the new stuff from that thing. Yeah, yeah we. Well, I mean, we've talked about it. Went on the Discovery After Show. You know, I, Star Wars and Star Trek fans are their own worst enemy because they want to complain that the Force Awakens was too much like the original Star Wars. So then they make a movie that is a completely new story, and they want to complain because it's not enough like the original Star Wars. So yeah. <laughs> you you know they're not going to be able to please a lot of these fans. And if if we would just learn to just go to a movie, sit down and shut up and watch the movie and enjoy it for what it is, a movie, you know, we would all be a lot happier. <laughs> yeah. And you, and you know whatever whatever little head story you wanted them to write that they didn't quite write, write just write it. Yeah. You know, fanfic yeah. fanfic is a thing. Just, you know, they should have they should have had these two be a couple. Go well, make them a couple. And be on your merry way, right? These the, a, a lot of the modern fans don't don't go to see these movies so they can be uh, entertained by what they see. So they don't go so they can enjoy it. They don't want to be entertained by the film. They want to be right. So are you not entertained? So, no, I'm sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> exactly. So so they will find what they can complain <laughs> about. They will proceed to complain because by complaining they can make themselves more right, more correct, more of a fan than the filmmakers. And yeah. that's what they want. They want to be able to show how much better they are at loving Star Wars than the people who are making Star Wars. And in order to do that, they have to find something to complain about. When I came out of the theater, of course, the, the I was glued to the screen the entire time. So the first thing I did when the movie was over was I went to the bathroom. 
And uh, while I was in the bathroom, I heard a 16-year-old kid talking to another kid. And he said the whole ending was anticlimactic. And I, I was thinking to myself, <laughs> when I was 16, anticlimactic was not even in my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I was like, he read that somewhere. He didn't, <laughs> he, he didn't just decide that, but uh. I, I know anticlimactic, but I disagree well, with that. There, there is one group that I would like to send out a very and Sean, you're going to need to bleep this because I gotta I gotta say this as I've got it. All, All right. of the crybaby little <sighs> white boys crying about there being too many women and people of color in powerful positions in this movie can just f- right off. Because <laughs> I am so sick of this. You're cramming your social justice down my throat. F- you. <laughs> if yeah, you're... I, love that, I love that they don't have a problem with, with blob people or antelope people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or blue alien slug people, but heaven forbid there be an Asian woman. I'm, I'm sorry, if your shriveled little white nutsack is too fragile to deal with seeing <laughs> women in charge or Asians or African-Americans or, or John Boyega is not American. But anyway, you know, yeah. if you're if your entire identity structure is so weak that you can't handle seeing this in a freaking Star Wars movie, then I think the screen is not what you should be evaluating. I'm done. True. <laughs> no. No, because I was saying the same thing. We watched, uh, and this is getting off the topic a little bit, but we watched this uh, Christmas Story Live musical that came on over the over the weekend. And uh, and I saw online, of course, it got a lot of hate too, but uh, there was a guy online that actually said, I can't believe they made one of his friends, they made one of the characters black. There weren't any black people in that movie. And I'm like, so what? That was probably <laughs> something that was something that really needed to be fixed i mean out of all the out of all the problems that anybody should have with a christmas story musical that's (laughs) that's your soapbox you're getting on anyway i'm just at what point is it like even if you're that guy even if you're like you know um i don't want my chocolate and my peanut butter ha ha i see what i did um but like at a certain point you know time moves on at a certain point you just need to like when do you when are you stop when are you not surprised by it? Like are you still surprised there's women in the workplace? Like are you still like yeah. shocked that, you know I don't know, Asians drive cars or whatever stereotypical thing like <laughs> like I don't know, who let that black guy in my bathroom? Be like, president. I, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean like at, at, at how I just I just wanna know like what's the expiration date on on like when it's normal for you or at least when it's normal enough for you to know to keep your mouth shut right or but you know what yeah. maybe you know America's great getting great again so who knows <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'm on the wrong side of this let's look you know <laughs> we'll see how, although there we'll was there was out. one there was one joke in that uh in that musical that i i have to bring up because I, you've all seen a christmas story right the movie yeah not the music. Yeah, yeah, the movie. Well, you know, at the end of the movie, when they go to the Chinese restaurant, there's a funny little thing that happens that is in today's climate would be considered racist when they sent when they sing uh, "Fa La 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 La." Yeah. And um, in the musical, they bring out uh, they bring out a bunch of guys and they sing 
deck the halls, but they just sing it regular. They don't do the fa rah 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 thing, you know. And then uh, when they're done, the dad uh, says, "Wow, that's uh, that's not what I was expecting." What exactly were you expecting? They call their own selves out on it. Do what? Was that in front of a, a live audience? Yeah, it was a live. It was a live musical. It was not terrible, but you know, it's it's getting a lot of hate online. But you know, what doesn't? And I think that's kind yeah. of a, yeah. the problem. That's true. Cosmic potato. <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't gotten any hate, but <laughs> yeah, it's because they don't know we exist. <laughs> let's uh let's pause i'll uh i'll insert some commercials right here when we come back uh we will be talking about the movie in detail and uh and it will be spoiler filled so if you haven't seen the movie yet and you care about spoilers then you probably want to stop right here and come back after you've seen the movie so uh we'll be right back We're the Millennial Falcon Podcast, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. We're hosted by Anya Crittenton, Hui Chen Bui, and Willoughby Dobbs. The three of us met in college, bonding over Game of Thrones and Disney. While we've moved past Game of Thrones, we now bond once a week in a podcast that covers everything from superheroes to musicals to summer reading to Pokemon Go. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Falcon Podcast and listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Come for the hot takes, stay for the snark and puns and the friendship that lasts forever hey everybody i'm troy and i'm aj and we're the hosts of the world war g podcast and we know sean and john do great things but if you need just that little bit more nerd in your life a little bit more geek in your week then head on over to worldwarg.podbean.com where we talk about everything from movies and television comic books and video games check us out at worldwarg.podbean.com Back to you, Sean. And we're back. So we're going to be talking about the movie uh, Spoiler Field. Uh, you know, all the warts and, and everything. So um, one thing that I wanted to bring up here at the beginning, because it happened pretty close to the beginning, was uh, when the bridge of the ship got blown up and Leia got pulled out into space. Uh-huh. I thought we were seeing her death scene right there. Yeah. I mean, I thought... Because we didn't know, we knew she was in the movie. We didn't know how much. We knew that they had filmed all of her scenes, but we didn't know what those scenes entailed. So I didn't know what they were going to do to say goodbye to her character. And I thought that was it. I spent a lot of the movie expecting them to kill Leia, and then I realized two thirds of the way through that, oh, that's right, she died after they f they finished shooting. So they they didn't. Th there was no way to 
to uh they didn't know they needed to put any sort of death scene in well so, but i didn't yeah i didn't know well they were finished filming but they weren't finished assembling the movie they i, I thought maybe they were because because i didn't know what the original plan had been for episode nine and i knew she wasn't going to be in that so I thought maybe maybe they're gonna maybe she's gonna die off screen and they're just gonna say it hmm. or something like that. But you know, it didn't work out. That they could way, have but, worked, <laughs> which I was glad. They, they could have worked her character's death into the movie at any point that they wanted to after uh, Carrie Fisher passed away. And when that uh, explosion on the ship took place, I was prepared for that to be the end of her character. And at that moment, I was not. Uh, I'm usually not that quick on my feet when it comes to thinking in a movie. So it did not occur to me, wait a minute, there's stuff from the trailers that we have seen with her that we haven't yet seen in the movie. I didn't, I yeah, didn't I consider that. that. So I was, I was, pre- I was prepared for her to be ended in that moment. Um, but then when we were proven wrong and she was still around, I was, I was quite relieved to say, yay, she's going to be around longer. We get more of her before the end of this movie. Um, yeah. And I kind of suspected once she woke up and brought herself back into the ship uh, using the force, which I have zero problem with haters. Yeah, that didn't bother um, me yeah. at all. In fact, I loved it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, I'm going to talk about that a little bit. And, too. and w- once they did that, that's when I assumed that we were not going to see this character's death on screen. They were not going to kill her twice in one movie. And they've already stated that they are not going to uh, digitally recreate her for any part of episode nine. So I'm assuming that general Organa is going to die between episodes and we'll be informed of that at the beginning of the next movie. Yeah. My wife and I were kind of talking about that because I was thinking that maybe they could start episode nine with a Royal funeral. And my wife was like, well, that's kind of starting the movie on a bummer. Um, but you know, I could very easily see, you know, the next movie being years down the road and yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking probably at least maybe five years down the road or something like that. I'm the benefit for me of seeing it twice is that, you know, the first time you're watching, you're just watching the movie. The second time you can look for like little stuff and details when upon my second viewing, um, when she is in space, when she's first blown out, the way her cloak floats, she looks like an angel. The 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 cut of of her cape looks mm-hmm. like two wings, and her robe, her dress looks like a robe underneath. Like for a second in outer space, she looks like an angel, brown but an angel. Yeah. Um. And I I missed that the first time. And I don't know if it was always like that or if they made it that way after she passed. Because obviously that was all CGI. Um, mm-hmm. But there were lots of little... You know, knowing that she was no longer with us. Lots of little nods in that movie. And especially like that scene at the end with Luke. That's oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, but, and yes, as far as she used the Force... Yeah, that's the people who like the force can't do. Like, what are you talking about? The force can't do that. It's the force. If you know, <laughs> <laughs> she's a Skywalker. It's the force. 
you know, the force can't make you shoot lightning out of your hands. Oh, until it does. Yeah. And, and now, now, now we, now the force can do that. Like it, it makes complete sense that someone with telekinetic ability can move in space. You know. Yeah, that's the thing with the with with she's she's from the same lineage as Luke. You know, Darth Darth Vader was her father too. The force is strong with that family, and obviously that. I'm assuming Luke trained her in some way to be able to hone some of her abilities, even though she chose a different path. She did not choose to be a Jedi. She chose to go into politics and things like that. So, um, but there was there was no way that Luke was going to let her get away without learning at least some of the basics. Yeah. So that, so obviously she would know enough about the Force to be able to tap into it and use it, especially in like a life threatening situation. Because yeah, as as the Marvel Universe tells us mutant powers activate in in times of great stress. <laughs> yeah, and that's basically you know. Same there is no greater stress than being floating in space without a spacesuit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not the first time that we've seen her use the Force because she she knew when Han died when it happened, and he wasn't even on the planet that she was on. You know, so when he died in the last movie, she knew it immediately yeah. because you know she's well, tapped and, into and the yeah, Force and, as well. And, and, uh, Empire. That's how they knew to fly where to fly in Cloud City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's she's floating in space, and and I'm thinking we're saying goodbye to her. You know, that's that was going through my head. Then she opens her eyes, and she says, "I'm Mary Poppins, y'all." <laughs> <laughs> and she, and she flew back to the ship. Uh, so so yeah, that was that was a uh, that was a cool scene. But in the midst of all that, we also get reintroduced to uh, Poe Dameron. Who is disobeying orders from the get-go? Because also known in this movie and, as mistake, mistake, mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he did he did destroy that uh, that ship, but I'm assuming that 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 I, little bit of time that it took for him to do that was enough for them to get a tracking device on their ship because the rest of this movie, as far as the re- the resistance goes, is that the first order is chasing them because they know where they are even when they go into hyperspace they know where they are and they're going to run out of fuel trying just trying to get away well no it was it was established there was no tracking device on the ship the first order had managed to figure out a way to track a ship through hyperspace uh they could only track them through one jump though but the rebels didn't know that 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 they were being tracked yeah that's right so if they had now this is a, this is a point that I have a bit of a problem with, not not for what they did, but for what they didn't do, and and it's because you know part of it's because of Battlestar Galactica, but you would think that the rebels would have like a protocol of okay we're gonna jump here and then immediately jump somewhere else, uh, so that yeah just well, in case they they manage to project along our vector we won't be where they think we're going, but that's that's. I don't know that. You mean jump, get there, and then jump again? Yes, because the um, the the empire or the the first order would not have been able to track them on a second jump. See, I didn't get that sense. Well, they also got, said that got, they only had enough. They only had enough fuel for one well, more yeah, jump. But yeah, so <clears throat> they needed it for wherever it was that they were needing to get to. Yeah, yeah. I I got the sense that they could track them, regardless. Maybe maybe I. Got no, it I wrong. think they they said for only one jump. 
Yeah, and this I mean th- this kind of stuff in Star Wars I I usually let wash over me because <laughs> Star yeah. Star Wars is never has never been about tech. That's you know, true. It's not, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not it's science fiction, but it's not really science fiction. It's more science or fantasy. space fantasy. You Actually, know, you know, you know what it is, and and I I don't know why it's taken me thirty years to finally hit on this because I've been I've been banging the Star Wars isn't science fiction drum for a long long time. Um, and it, you know it's science fantasy, it's you know sword and sorcery and space and stuff. But there's another word that mm-hmm. much more accurately describes Star Wars: melodrama. Yeah, mm. it, <laughs> space opera. It yeah. is melodrama. It is it. They you know we all forget that Star Wars was originally meant to be an homage to the serials that George Lucas watched in front of movies in the fifties. Star Wars mm-hmm. is Buster Crab with a better special effects budget. And, you know, that's why, you know, he purposely chose goofy titles like the Empire, you know, a no hope and the Empire Strikes Back and and, uh, you know, Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace. You know, as much as I hate the prequel trilogy, uh, you know, the the naming conventions were still there. You know, if you go back to the 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 serials, the the Buck Rogers and the Flash Gordons and and, uh, you know, all that stuff. You know, this is where he's, you know, that's the roots of Star Wars. And continuity was not a big deal. Uh, like you said, <laughs> right. technical accuracy has never been a, you know, they got a freaking giant space worm, ate the Millennium Falcon for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. A giant hand puppet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I am a huge Star Trek fan. That's no secret. I have tons of Star Trek tech manuals because Star Trek at least makes an effort to try to be somewhat scientifically plausible. Star, you know, whenever a Star Wars tech manual comes out, I just giggle <laughs> because <laughs> right. they have never cared about that. And people that do care about it are kind of n- missing something about Star Wars. That's not the point. It never has been. Um, that that whole part of you know the the. The, the Star Destroyer is chasing what's left of the Rebel fleet and this being able to, you know, the, they're faster, but we can still shoot at them and they can't run it. I'll admit that was a little hard for me to swallow, but ultimately yeah. it was like, you know what? Um, it, that's what it is. This is the MacGuffin <laughs> of the movie. So right. yeah. I can either sit yeah. here and be pissed off at it or I can go, all right, that's what they chose to do. I'll ride with it. That was the word that went through my mind because I was I was sitting there listening to the story unfold and they started saying, well, we have to get on that ship to get that thing, but we can't do it until we go to this planet yeah. and get a code breaker who can get us onto the ship, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, that's the MacGuffin. So they, yeah. <laughs> they're they going to, they, they need to go there to do something. See, you the, know, the, so. the phrase that I thought of was your classic video game side quest. Yeah. You need, yeah. You need to you yeah. need to open this door, but you got to go fight this guy and dig this thing up to get the key to open that door. Boy, did they get a yeah. lot done in 18 hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was another thing. This, this movie uh it, it takes place in a really short period of time as as far as we can tell. Um let's get into talking a little bit about the return of Luke Skywalker. Uh one thing that I loved was that this picked up right where the the last one left off and she hands him the lightsaber and he looks at it and just tosses it over his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> so we've waited for we've waited for two years to hear what he what he said after she handed him the lightsaber and basically he's just like ah whatever. Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A 
lot of people apparently have a problem with Luke being anything less than the uh, chrome-plated paladin. And uh, I, I thought it was a very brave move. Um, I thought it was perfectly consistent with, with what yeah. we had seen. It's absolutely um, realistic. You know, yeah. as realistic now, ha- as it should be. Have any of y'all read Pat? Have any of y'all read Dune? No, I'm not. No, no. Okay. Uh, well, have you, do you at least know the story? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the origin, the first, the original movie. Okay. I saw the original um, in, the, in the sci-fi miniseries. Okay. Ignore the stupid rain at the end of David Lynch's movie. Uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> at the end of Dune, Paul Atreides is, you know, is Muad'Dib. He is essentially the ruler of the galaxy. And he's, he has won. He has achieved everything he wanted to. He has freed his people. He has wrested the control of Arrakis from the bad guys. He has defeated the emperor. Everything is Ewok, you know, everything short of an Ewok song, the (laughs) end of Return of the Jedi. Then it all starts to fall apart. And, And from then on, it's, this is what happens when you get everything you want, but then you find out, Getting and maintaining are two very different things. And so I thought this was perfect that the, you know, the very often when you have a rebellion and the the evil regime is overthrown, it doesn't take long for the freedom fighters to become the evil regime again. Now, that's not exactly mm-hmm. what's happening in Star Wars, but we did see that the Republic... Uh, you know, kind of didn't do as well as we thought it might. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know... Well, First Order was able to rise up right under their noses, basically. Yeah. So... Yeah, and I, and I think that there was a lot of... I mean, cause we get the whole backstory of what happened when Kylo Ren was uh, being trained by Luke Skywalker. We'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, I kind of get the sense that Luke thinks that you can't have the Jedi without having the Sith. You know, you have to have one without the... If you have one, then you have to have the other. So, it kind of occurred to me there in the movie that he thinks, well, if I get rid of the Jedi, then I'll get rid of the dark side as well. You know, uh, because Anakin was being trained as a Jedi, and he became Darth Vader. And then Kylo was being trained as a Jedi, and he became Kylo Ren. You know, so he thinks that if he makes the Jedi end then he'll make the Sith end as well and and everything can go back to butterflies and puppy dogs. Well, it, it, it's also what he was saying, and I've been, I've been kind of point, pointing this out for, for years too. I felt kind of vindicated by this bit from Luke is that the Jedi's, you know, the, the Jedi legacy is one of failure. Qui-Gon screwed up by training Anakin. By, by, well, not by, by taking in Anakin. And then Obi-Wan right. screwed up by training Anakin and then Anakin screwed up by getting chopped up <laughs> and Palpatine yeah. screwed up because he thought, because he trusted Vader and it was just, it was just one screw up after another. Uh, you know, I think maybe he's thinking and maybe rightly so that their galaxy would be much better off if there were no Skywalkers in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, to, to back up to, um, our reintroduction to Luke at the beginning of this movie. Um, and like we said, a lot of people have been complaining, Luke wouldn't act that way, or why would you do that to this character? Blah, blah, blah. Well, one, 
just because a character doesn't act the way you think that character should act doesn't make the filmmakers wrong. The filmmakers are the ones who are creating this story. So if they say the character does this, then by default, they are right. By definition. Yeah. Uh, there, there you go. That's even better. Yes. Yeah. That means they are right because they're the ones that are writing this story. Um, you don't have to like how a character behaves, but you have to accept that that is how the character is behaving. So the first thing that he does you know, in silence without even saying anything, that was a very clear indication. Okay. That's the direction this character has gone since the last movie. Um, I would have been okay if the moment was played more straight and less for a chuckle, but you know, I'll roll with it. And I, I found that happening several times throughout the movie. Um, it, it almost felt as though, it's a it's a sign of Disney owning the film because this is happening in a lot of the Marvel movies as well, where you get what could be a solid, emotional, impactful moment, and they will button it with something cute and funny. Right. Sometimes uh, that's fine, but it can happen too often, and I was noticing that a couple times through throughout the movie. So when he, you know, toss, walk away. I, that looked like it was played to be a little funny, and I could have done without it being funny. Um, especially uh, when you're dealing with these kind of legacy characters, I want I want to be emotionally invested more than I want to be uh, tickled. I think it was uh, done for a chuckle, but I I'll, but I don't think that's inconsistent with Star Wars. I like the, the the movies, especially you know, looking at the original, the original trilogy, have always been jokey. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it it didn't. I didn't feel like it was inconsistent with, um, the the tone of Star Wars or with Luke, um, and the the whole Luke wouldn't do that. Well, I mean, you know from The Force Awakens that the Luke that you knew is not Luke anymore. Because Luke wouldn't just bolt. Luke wouldn't cut himself off from his sister and his family and the Rebellion and everybody when things turned to shit. Mm-hmm. But this Luke did, because that's Luke now. Right. And, you know, so you've had, what, three years <laughs> to come to accept that the Luke who, you know... The, the that fresh faced kid running around the swamp is not that guy anymore. I know there's a lot of stuff I would have done in my thirties that I won't do now. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. And a lot of it I would just throw it over my shoulder. <laughs> like, <laughs> like nah. And I, I can I can totally get behind the fact that there's humor in these movies. I know there always has been and there always will be. But it's and I, I try I try not to be very bothered by it because I don't want to be one of those people that is easily bothered by by something that doesn't exactly line up with what I want. But it's just some of those smaller moments. I want a moment to feel the the the, the shock at what he did. But instead, it's turned into a joke. 
And it, if I had been making the movie, I would have looked at it as, okay, this is, I, we saw him at the end of the previous movie, but this is the first time we see him do anything in this new trilogy. And for the first thing that he does to be a joke, I felt it kind of stole some of the impact. You can have the, I, you can have the second thing he does be be funny, but let let, let let me have you know serious feelings first before you give me the jokes. I would see. I didn't. I didn't feel it to be a joke. I th- I felt it to to be more of a a, a statement from Luke as to uh, how trivial he considers all of this now or or how how no longer a part of it he is that you know this total the, the absolute symbol of the jedi is just so much trash to him now and he just tosses it tosses it and walks away well and to to me it was it was you know the the last movie ended with this super weighty moment she's holding up this the saber and he's staring all solemnly and you know it, it's it's a very heavy as you say melodramatic moment and you could say it lessens the impact I would say it it you know deflates the hyper drama of, that led up to it yeah so I, I felt it, it it made it more it, it took it back down to normal um, and, well and, also to, and, to the point well, go ahead and I was going to say you know, as far as the the, the jokiness, um, yeah, there's always been the jokes in Star Wars, and most of the time, I rolled my eyes if it was just too goofy and corny, which is what I did with this movie because there were times when it was just too goofy and corny, and but but that's consistent with their universe. Yeah, and the, I mean, to to the point of what you were saying a minute ago about uh, people saying that Luke wouldn't act like this or whatever, we get the backstory of. Kylo Ren when he was being trained by Luke that uh, Luke discovered that he had already been basically uh, seduced by by uh, Snoke and that he was already he already had too much darkness in him and in in Luke's version of the story he had a flash of a moment where he thought he could end it and he drew his lightsaber and he was gonna he was gonna kill him. Well, now at this point, Luke doesn't know himself anymore. You know, he doesn't know what he's capable of or what he would do in in situations. So he doesn't want to be in it anymore. Mm. You know, so he, uh, so yeah, we're saying um, Luke wouldn't act that way, but something happened to Luke and he doesn't know how he would act, you know, which is basically why he has sequestered himself away from everybody and he's just he, he's trying to let everything just end i'll tell you what and i'm not going to go into any detail because it's not really necessary but um i've had a moment in my life where i had my entire image of who i was shattered utterly broken down and so thoroughly destroyed and then I was able to afterwards look back and see how arrogant I had been and how much I believed my own press, for lack of a better description. Uh, and you essentially have to like just sort of rebuild yourself from that point. And that, I think that may be why I, I had no problem 
with with uh, Luke's situation because it was very clear that that was something that happened to Luke. He, you know, he was like, I am the Jedi Order now and I will pass on what I have learned and I am, I am this paragon of goodness and light and look how humble I am and isn't it great and now I almost killed my apprentice in his sleep. And yeah, his apprentice and his nephew, yeah. Yeah, and instead created another vader that is not something you just shake off and go back to being a moisture farmer right well also i also i wanted to uh speak to the technical side of the actual filmmaking part of this part of the movie um i don't know when they filmed this stuff but i'm assuming they filmed a lot of it at the same time that they were filming the force awakens because there's a scene in that flashback scene uh, where he's going back and remembering when Kylo Ren destroyed the all all the other uh, Jedi apprentices and all that, um, where Luke walks up next to R two D two, gets down on his knees and puts his robotic hand on R two yeah. in the in, that, in Ray's that, Force Vision, yeah, yeah, that shot was in the trailer for the Force Awakens. Yeah. You know, there was a there was a shot of that robotic hand with fire behind R two, that robotic hand resting on on R 2s head. So I'm thinking a lot of that stuff was filmed a long time ago, which makes me think that Mark Hamill may have thought that he was going to have a bigger part in the last movie than he did. <laughs> well, he did. He did. That, that's, yeah. that's kind of established, yeah. He's like, I filmed a lot more than that. <laughs> I would like to talk, but, uh, uh, I would like to talk about... Uh, the Porgs? No. No. <laughs> Can I just say that I love the goddamn Porgs? You already said it. <laughs> I didn't well, have a problem. Well, the thing is, you know... They are the most obvious marketing ploy since the Ewoks, but I totally bought them because well, they and, weren't. And they don't—they're not characters. They're, they're exactly they're they weren't trying. They weren't trying right. to save the day. They, they weren't, weren't killing there. stormtroopers. They were just being cute. They don't and, talk. They're not part yeah. of the resistance. They're just—they're tribbles. They're, they're cute. Yeah. They're cute little furry things. <laughs> um, when Chewbacca was about to eat one of them, and they were all sitting around watching him, I really wanted. <laughs> now, that did make me laugh. I really wanted. That was hilarious. I um, I wanted him to take a bite, yeah, and just and just look at it in the eye while he did it. <laughs> uh, okay, I don't I don't want to go too far off on a tangent, but as far as new force powers, uh, the 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 holographic uh, telepathic projection was you got you can bleep me now. I don't need to say it. It was effing awesome. It was great, and <laughs> I loved. That it was more consistent than it needed to be, um, because when people do that, they, the person viewing them, sees them as they were the last time they saw them. So basically, it's it's the way that uh, you know uh, Obi Wan can still appear to Luke. And it is why, again, haters online, Yoda was a puppet instead of CGI Yoda. I love because that. The last, I was so happy about because that. Because the last yeah. time yeah. Luke saw Yoda, he was puppet Yoda. And at the end of the movie, when uh, Luke, who, once again, brilliantly written, what do you think, I'm going to stand with a lightsaber and face down the whole First Order? Yeah, yeah, actually, <laughs> apparently so. The Luke that appeared to Kylo was was his did not have as much gray in his beard, his beard was younger, because that was the Luke that Kylo saw. 
the last time he saw him. Yeah, I did notice that, and I, it did not click with me that that he appeared a little bit younger yeah, than he did what, just a few minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, that's why, that's why Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and Yoda don't look like zombie versions of themselves, because they look <laughs> because they, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they are how they were the last time you saw them. I, I might This might be a hole in your theory, but there's also it. a possible explanation, because when Ray and uh, Ben force projected to each other they see the other as they are in that moment as evidenced by the fact that uh ray says do you have a a, a cow a towel that you can put on or something but she said cowl cowl yeah. okay, but, but snoke but snoke was doing right. exactly they, that, they that was the, that was the possible explanation that yeah. i had was they it, weren't linked to they they were linked by a third party right who was able to see them each as they were Someone was to... someone was connecting them over Skype. It was not one of them <laughs> right, right, sending right. the old the old image. Right, right, exactly. Well, it also helps that they're siblings. Are they? They're not. They are. They're she's because, a, because she's not. a solo. They came out. Okay, so uh, they they talked they talked about her heritage a little bit in this movie, and you can go one of two ways with this. <laughs> so there's there's a, there's a scene in the movie where Kylo asks her, "Do you know?" about your parents and she says yes they were nothing and he says yeah they were a couple of junk traders and they gave you away for uh, drinking money now you can say that kylo was lying to her she didn't say they were nothing he kept trying to get her oh yeah she, you're right, yeah, you're right. She, well she, she said they no were and he, he was like you know the truth say it say it you know the truth yeah and she said they were nothing and uh, so you can say okay well kylo was lying to her or you can go back to empire strikes back when vader told luke that he was his father and then Luke used the force and searched his feelings, and he knew it to be true. So, are you? So you can say that Kylo told her the truth, and she knew it was true because she used the force and she searched her feelings. No. So, so I don't know. I don't. I mean, the next movie will tell us. I don't but know that it will. I'm kind of. I, I am. I I'm am. kind of leaning in the way that I'm kind of leaning towards he was telling her the truth, and this whole time. Just like I said before, we've been waiting for two years to see what Luke was going to say after he got that lightsaber in his hand. We've been waiting for two years to find out that Ray was really Han and Leia's daughter, and possibly we just found out, no, she's not related to this in any way. I much prefer that. <laughs> Some people have been waiting years to find out that Ray was Obi-Wan's daughter, but, you know, six I'm and one like, half I'm, dozen. I, yeah, the people like, are, have been waiting a, years a, to find out that she is someone it turns out she might be no one. People have been oh. waiting years to find out who Snoke is, and that seems to stop as well. <laughs> I also love that. I, I spent that today, uh, the, the, the entire afternoon, because I, I, I took this entire week off of work, so I got some time on my hands. I spent today movie. listening to four entire podcasts discussing this movie, and uh, one, maybe two of them, uh, took plenty of time to focus on the fact that um, Force Awakens is very much a J.J. Abrams film, meaning it's built around a series of mystery boxes. It lays out a whole yeah. bunch of questions. You want the answers? Come back. You know, come back next time. Yeah, and find right. answers to all these questions because this is a J.J. Abrams film. And this movie, right from the beginning, seems to take the the direction of, hey, remember all those mystery boxes? They don't mean nothing. What's <laughs> what's Luke gonna say? That. He Agreed. he toss toss it over his shoulder. Who are the parents? Nobody. Who's Snoke? 
Which one? The one in the chair or the one on the floor? Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> now the only thing that I will the only thing that I will say is that we have seen a character get cut in half before and he came back. So you know, Darth Maul did come. Yeah, back. but they they didn't take a nice long camera shot yeah. holding on his dead face, right? <laughs> his face with his eyes rolled back in his head. Yeah, and, and then his, blew up. You know, you know what? His tongue sticking out. Literally, his tongue sticking out. Do you know why I don't mind? Well, first of all, I didn't care who Snoke was, uh, because you know who Snoke was. Snoke was Snoke. Um, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I would have liked for uh, some more time to have been spent telling us who he is, not not going into the mystery of who was he, what person did we know that became this. No, I I'm fine if he's if he's not a mystery, if he's not a blast from the past. That's fine. But I still would have liked for his character to have been developed more. Like, all right, let let, let me ask you something. Are you better off knowing Anakin Skywalker's backstory? Yes yeah, because no. when 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 George Lucas <laughs> decided that he needed to tell us the backstory of the Emperor, <laughs> yeah, know, are we better we off the, knowing where Palpatine came from? Right. I would say yes on Palpatine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say maybe on Anakin, and I would say no on Snoke. I, you're like, I want to know more about. I don't necessarily need to know his backstory. I want to know more about who he is. You know who he is. He's the big bad. He is. He's, yeah. the, he's, he's the bad guy. He's 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 Sith Lord. And, and and the thing is, again, because this is movie number eight, we we know all that we need to know. We know what Sith means. We know what Dark Side means. We know what Ruler of the Empire means. And that's that was his relevance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was he was a means to an end because we we thought that uh, so if. I mean, everybody that's listened to this at this point has probably seen the movie, but well, we're in, we uh, told them spoilers were happening. Yeah, we're, so, we're so deep so, in spoilers. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, I mean, I just didn't know if I wanted to keep going without explaining what I'm talking about because the, oh. the scene that we're talking about is where uh, Kylo and Ray, uh, basically, you think that Kylo has turned to the light side, and uh, and they he 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 kind of uses the Force to activate Luke's uh, lightsaber which is sitting right next to Snoke and slices him in half. And, uh, and, the and then is, they, I cannot be betrayed speech. <laughs> yeah. And then they, and yeah, right. And then they, and then they fight all those uh, guards Space and beat every one of them. And, but what Kylo was actually doing was he was killing Snoke so that he can become the Supreme leader. And he still wants Ray to come over to the dark side, See, you I know? So we got, we got a, we got a little switcheroo on that too. I think, <laughs> I think that in a way, Luke and Kylo are in the same place. Well, I mean, I mean, they basically said it. He, you know, he was like, "Let all those old things die," which is Luke's attitude. Um, and I don't know that Kylo sees it in terms of the light and the dark anymore. He's like, "There's the Force, and you can use it to do stuff. Yeah. And what you do with it is what you do with it." But you know, this 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 idea of this eternal struggle is pointless. Just do what you want to do with the Force, and if you do it. And it's good. And obviously, Ray doesn't feel that way. So, but I don't know that. I don't know that from his perspective, he is trying to pull Ray to the quote unquote dark side. He's just trying to pull her to his side. Right. Yeah. Space ninjas. <laughs> I want to. Yeah, yeah. I want to back up just a little bit and go back to because we we kind of mentioned for a second that Yoda was in the movie. But there's something that Yoda did that 
I didn't um, know that you could do. <laughs> new force power. Well, if but, could uh, do it, Yoda could. So uh, yeah. So so Yoda. Okay. So Luke says I'm going to burn down this uh, temple and and all the books and everything, and then he decides at the last minute not, not to do it. Yoda calls lightning out of the sky and sets the tree on fire. Sure. That the the okay. So we've seen the Jedi like shoot lightning out of their fingers before. But if you can call lightning out of the sky and hit stuff with it, then why would you ever do anything else? <laughs> because well, that's okay. He used you, okay. First of all, as an go. But first of all, it was totally a misdirection ploy to keep Luke from finding out that Ray had taken the textbooks. He was burning. Yeah. He was burning down a tree that didn't matter. So it was not an evil act. It was also not directed against an, uh, a living being. Are you, are you okay. saying force rules, general rules? Uh, yes. Never never for attack, always for defense. It was a, it was it was a deflection. It was burning down a dead tree. Um right. and I, I loved the glee Yoda had after he did that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, this like is fun. Yeah. <laughs> Page Page turners, they are not. They are not. <laughs> now, as as for the ability of a force ghost to do that, well, one, the filmmakers said that he could, which means by definition, he can do they that. They can. And yeah. secondly, I'm I'm perfectly okay with chalking it up to yes, the most powerful Jedi in history can do that if he wants to, even if he's dead. Well, I, I would, as as Obi Wan said, if you strike you down, you will make me more powerful. He is no longer constrained by the physical limitations. He is now, in fact, pure force. So, arguably, he's like, uh, you know, like the condensed version. <laughs> he's he's, right. he's yeah. force uncut. He's force crack. He's force crack. <laughs> I did like the effect. I, I like the force ghost effect in this movie better than we did the last time that we saw it, which was, I think in, in Jedi, I don't think we saw the force ghost effect in any of the prequels, but no, cause the, they hadn't figured out how to do the very, it yet. at the very end. I think, Oh no, 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 they didn't. You're right. We didn't. The blue tint was kind of toned down a little bit. So it, we just had like a blue outline, but Yoda didn't, he didn't really look like a ghost. He looked like he was really there and he just had like kind of a blue haze around him. So Especially I when he hit that. Luke in the head with his stick. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, nice. I will chalk that yeah, up to special effects. Like they probably would have made it look like this in the original trilogy if they had had the, um, the effects well, knowledge to do it. But I think I think it was I think it was intentional because I think it, again it's 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 more laying the groundwork for the 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 telepathic holographic projection that that happens later. Mm-hmm. So that uh, that I can interact physically and I you know I can be indistinguishable. I don't have to glow yeah. if I if I use enough force power. And and speaking of that projection from from later on in the film, can we can we shift and and focus on on that scene for a little bit? Yeah, as long as I get to say yeah. space ninjas one more time, they were above <laughs> space ninjas, yo, yo, seriously, awesome scene. At what point? <laughs> I, I want us and and Sean, if you could take us around the table, I want everyone to um to say at what point they realized what was happening. At one point, they figured out, oh, force projection. Okay, I wrote the. Okay, I wrote this down. So let me let me go down to where <laughs> I, I wrote what I want to say. Okay, 
I have a pet peeve when it comes to scenes in movies where a twist is revealed and then you hear somebody later tell you, oh, I had that figured out the whole time. That being said, <laughs> I knew Luke wasn't really there the whole time. <laughs> because, uh, number one, when, when, when Kylo Ren says, I want you to shoot that man with every gun that we have, and he blasting the kingdom come, and then he comes out and just kind of does the little, the little dust thing. It, it kind of got in my mind right then. I, I don't think he's really there, but the point where uh, they're actually face to face on the ground, and they show Kylo Ren's feet sliding on the dirt, and you see the red get turned up underneath his feet, and then you see, they show Luke's feet doing the same thing, and you don't see any red. Oh. I that's, totally when I, that. that's when I that's when I said my wife leaned over and said why 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 is Luke's uh, feet not 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 pushing dirt out of the way and I was thinking to myself because he's not really there. <laughs> you you know, didn't say so. it. No, I didn't say Don't it be, because uh, because I was basically <laughs> telling her shh the movie's on stop talking. <laughs> it's like me going to see a movie with my dad. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> At least whisper, Dad. Come on. <laughs> I, but uh, what'd you think, John? When, when did you? I honestly, it? a lot of times, especially if it's like a swashbuckling action flick, flick, I'm generally along for the ride. Like the 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 brain that I watch, crime thrillers or suspense or uh, you know, um, fair like that with, I use a different brain. I shift, I shift, I shift gears when I'm when I'm watching action adventure. So I basically I will note the same things, but I won't pursue the thread because I noted, like I said, I noted that the beard was shorter and he looked younger. I was like, huh, okay, and I was I was like, okay, I'll just chalk that up to him. I don't know, souping up for battle or whatever. Want want uh, to look good for the for the showdown? Sure. <laughs> He trimmed up. He looked nice. He's, you know, he's his big debut. He's been away for a while. Um, but I, I really didn't, I didn't try to figure it out. And so I didn't figure it out. So I, 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 you know, it wasn't until, you know, basically when Kylo figured it out, I was like, oh, nice. In fact, <laughs> I didn't say, I was sitting next to uh, two complete strangers and they were like a couple. I didn't, you know, they were talking I mean, not like annoyingly, but they were talking through the movie as, as one does. Um, and I didn't say anything to anybody until that scene. I leaned over to the woman who I had, I, we hadn't said anything. I said, that was f***ing awesome. That was it. <laughs> oh, sorry, Sean. We're going <laughs> to use a lot of coins on this episode. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't figure it out. Um, but yeah, Sean, you're right. Now that I think back, you're absolutely right. Uh, Rick? I, I'm like you, John. When I'm watching a movie, unless something is so blatantly obvious that I have to figure it out, I don't try to. My wife is the opposite. She's always like, oh, what's this? I bet that's going to be... Oh, and I'm like, we just shut up and watch the goddamn movie? <laughs> just, um, so when they... when You know, with all the shooting, which was incredible, I was just thinking... Because I knew he would walk out of that. Sure. I was just like... Luke is every bit as badass as Vader or Palpatine. So, sure, he can deflect all of that stuff. And that, Why and that not? was the thing. Like, uh, with the, we've seen in this movie, oh, okay, I guess you can do this with the Force. I guess you can do that with the Force. Yeah. Why not make a Force field that can deflect all that? Who knows? Who knows? When you're, when you're dealing with magic, 
anything goes. Right. Which is why this isn't science fiction. Um, but uh, so he walks out and he does the, the brushing off of the shoulder. And again, and like like you, John, I was just like, oh, he got himself a haircut before he came here. OK, he, yeah, he spiffed up. But what did bother me, and I just thought it was a continuity error, was when he pulled out his old lightsaber. And I'm like, that's the wrong saber. Uh, they screwed up. They gave him the wrong lightsaber. I didn't even notice that either. And that's the kind of stuff I know. I noticed the hardware. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, they had the fight. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really Matrix. Which one did he have? Just, was it the green one? He, no, he had the his original, the, the blue one, one. The one Ben gave him, yeah, yeah, the one that he uh, the one that tossed was, off the cliff. <laughs> well, the one that at that point was in two pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They broke it in in their um, fight, right? And so I'm watching, the, and I loved how you know he just was dodging Kylo. He wasn't even engaging right. him, uh, and I didn't even catch the salt on the feet. I I'm I'm I, I bow before your your better observational <laughs> skills. Uh, it wasn't until. And I thought we were going for an Obi-Wan death. I thought he was going to just stand there and let Kylo cut him in half, and then he didn't. And then it was like, oh, you crafty bastard. <laughs> uh, so that, you know, I got it at the same time Kylo did. Yeah, yeah the, the whole the whole salt thing on the ground, I mean, I, th I think that they did all that to kind of telegraph that part. But I mean, they also did it because it looked awesome. I think, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. I think with the speeders going across and the, and the red going everywhere. And then when, uh, when Luke comes walking out and he looks like he's walking on a field of blood and he's wearing all that black and he just looks badass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. That's what like the, again, like this movie, that's what I mean. Like just what cool thing can we put in a movie? Let's have a planet where when you it looks white, but when you touch it, it turns red. Cause that's look, that's yeah. gonna look great. <laughs> let's have let's have let's have Ray and Kylo Ren fight space ninjas <laughs> in, a, in a big red in a big room. Red yeah. room. <laughs> after just after just taking down the the baddest guy in the galaxy, let's do that. Let's have someone grab a lightsaber, have it pointed at someone else's face, turn it on and off oh, real that quick. Was sweet. <laughs> yeah. That was that awesome. Was cool. That was awesome. That was something that, that that they were showing them fight with lightsabers the way you would actually fight if you had a lightsaber. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, you would totally do that. <laughs> Let's have Leia fly through space. That'll look great. Can can we talk about Ray for a, a bit? We've totally ignored her. Yeah, we need to talk about Finn. See, as that's well. the thing. I don't think we've ignored anything. I think, I, I, well, we just haven't gotten around. Yeah, to her this yet. is going to be a yeah. three-hour episode. <laughs> this is going to be a long one, yeah. Because I, you know, I loved Ray in The Force Awakens, and and I, I always have to, I always have to qualify this because I don't want people thinking I'm like perving on Daisy Ridley. I mean, yeah, she's she is gorgeous. I, uh, I wasn't but, until you said that. <laughs> uh, I've 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 gotten crap about this before because I love Daisy Ridley, but in a I just want to like give her a hug and a cup of hot cocoa and read stories to her. <laughs> She's just so amazing. I, I um, get where you're going with it, but it doesn't help the not creepy <laughs> assertion. No, well, it, it goes it goes from being pervy to just being condescending. <laughs> no, it's grandfatherly. I, God I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Please proceed. <laughs> but I loved how unconflicted Ray was through the entire movie yeah. because they were kind of setting. I, I will grant you this was something that they did kind of take from The Force Awakens and go, no, 
You know, we were supposed to think that she was conflicted and maybe she's going to go to, you know, they were telegraphing Ray joining Kylo all over the place in the trailers and in, you know, and granted, you know, she is totally walking that line. Uh, I love it when she just loses her, her, you know, and just starts screaming and just killing people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she, she never once wavered in her, in her, uh, uh, morality. I don't know. Thank, thank you. Morality. Uh, you know, she was always trying to turn Kylo as opposed to, she was never a victim. That's where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. Even when you know, like one of the reasons I don't I don't want to take my little girl to see this movie in the cinemas because she loved the Force Awakens um, is the scene where the Emperor is just torturing her. Um, it also there's you know a lot of moments where it would just be a steady stream of why is they doing that? Why are they doing that? Why is he saying that? Why is he doing this? <laughs> Um, we'll do that at home when it's on Blu-ray. Um, but I loved how Ray's character, she knew what she wanted to do. And anytime something shook her, while it may have shaken her, you know, okay, maybe my folks really weren't anybody. Maybe they did sell me for drug money or whatever. Um, but I still have to save the universe. And I thought that was awesome because she's more, she she's more steadfast than Luke ever was. Well, and she's got the power to back it up, and that that I thought was amazing. I, I think, I think Luke was as steadfast, but only when it came to Vader. He didn't not not like in the big picture kind of way. He was fighting for his dad, for his dad's redemption, yeah. not so much the the rebellion or the galaxy, and. You know, I, I I lumped Luke and Kylo together in the whole, you know, the, the light side, dark side concept is outdated. And hearing you talk, Rick, I think I can put Ray in there, too. I think, you know, The Last Jedi just refers to the idea of the Jedi, to the idea of a light side and a dark side. Because when... Luke was training her and she's like, Hey, what's this pit? And he's like, don't go down that pit. She's like, we, <laughs> <laughs> this pit is awesome. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, she's going to the dark side. And she didn't not at all. Not even a little bit, but from Luke's perspective, that's exactly how you get to the dark side. But she, it wasn't a matter of light and dark for her. It was a question of truth. And it's not like the light side has truth and the dark side is lies. It's all the force and it's all true or not true. Holy balance, Batman. Yeah, and that, that, and, that, and, and all so, that and is these, what... Th- these three characters are just unraveling the tapestry of light side, dark side, this is how the force works. And not maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. Well, all that all that came from his training because uh, Yoda trained him that way. Because when he was on uh, Dagobah, you know, when he went into that cave or you yeah. know that forest area, Yoda said, you know, that that place is strong with the dark side. Well, how can a place have be strong with the dark side? The dark side comes from the person who's using the force. The force should be the same 
no matter what. Right. It all depends on how you use it, whether or not it's the dark side or the light side. So, so yeah, that comes from his training. Now she's she's going in a completely different direction with it, and I think that in the next movie we're going to see her be a hundred percent Jedi. I don't. I, I think that they've already said Carrie Fisher's not going to be in the define, movie. Define doubt, Jedi. You mean trained define, in the ways of the Force? Yeah, she's she's going to be completely because in the last two movies she's been uh, yeah. pretty much dependent on other characters. To, to, to give her information and all that kind of stuff. Well, all those characters are gone now. Luke's gone. Uh, Han from the last movie, you know, where he, you know he was kind of her father figure. He's gone now. Except for they've already said Carrie Fisher is not going to be in the next movie at all. So she's gone. So the the next movie is going to depend on the the new characters, and she's going to be the center of that. So I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing that aspect of Episode Nine. So. I have my theory uh, on what the the subtitle for the next one could be. A lot of it is based on <clears throat> based on how they presented uh, light versus dark and the <clears throat> um, the possible unnecessary nature of that division. Right. Um, and they they've been toying with this on uh, I I don't know if they did it in Clone Wars at all. It might have just been in Rebels, but. Um, uh, the uh, the concept of gray Jedi has been coming up here and there. Uh, I haven't been watching Rebels, but uh, I have an 11 year old that lives here uh, every other week, and that means I get to hear about this stuff. Um, <laughs> now, it, and anyone here not familiar with the concept of gray Jedi? I've only recently seen it mentioned. I haven't pursued it at all, but it makes I mean, sense. Yeah. It, it, I'm it's, assuming it's somewhere between the light and the dark. Yeah, it's it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Someone I you know, a, a force user who who walks the line between the light side and dark side without succumbing. Uh the definition I read was without succumbing to the dark side. But it could be without succumbing to the light side either. Someone yeah. who uses the force as the force and not as good force or bad force. It's all just force. Um so they are gray Jedi. And if they were to announce at some point in the near future, coming 2000, whatever star Wars episode nine rise of the gray, I would not be surprised because here's the thing episode six and then roll it back to episode three. They, they cap the trilogies with our word of the something. So episode yeah. th- episode three is Revenge of the Sith, that's Dark Side. Episode six is Return of the Jedi, that's Light Side. And because they're referring to Luke as Jedi, he's a Light Side Jedi, so there's that. So now if you want to balance it out, you'd say now the, the gray, the f- equal parts <laughs> of both, now it's their turn to rise up. But Mira Furlan would have to be in it. That... That would be cool. That would be a nice Easter egg, and you that and I, nice you and I, would be the only ones that would get it. No, I got it. <laughs> All right, well, it. Th- there you go. An- another thing that I expect <laughs> to happen in in episode nine is I think we will see the return of Luke's green lightsaber because, and that, um, uh, for me as well, was the 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 clincher when I knew I was right that it was just a force projection. I had my suspicions when he showed up with short hair and and a younger face and beard. I said, wait a minute. We've seen that face already in a flashback. Mm-hmm. Right. Did he get a haircut? 
Or could it be, I don't know, let me keep on watching. So then he interacts with people and walks out. I did not notice that his that he was not leaving footprints. I didn't see that. But I started to wonder if maybe it wasn't him just having dressed up to get there. The lack of seeing his X-Wing having been pulled from the water also helped to, to fuel my suspicion oh, yeah. that he might not actually be there. And then he walks out and they shoot at him a lot. Okay, he could have deflected that. Vader did that in Empire Strikes Back, deflecting blasters. All right. And he's he's wicked powerful. He might just be that badass. It was when he ignited the lightsaber, I said, I knew it. Because if it was not a projection, he would be using his green lightsaber because the blue lightsaber has been destroyed. So how can he be turning that on? And that's what made me keep my eyes open very, 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 very wide. When he and Ben start fighting, I noticed there was no contact whatsoever. And I was watching. I said, if there's contact, then I'm going to be really confused. But right. It wasn't a bit of it. It was everything was everything was missing. Um, so when when Kylo when Ben makes his big run to slash through, I said, "Okay, I know what's going to happen here. Let's just watch him stand there, do <laughs> boom, and he just turns around." I said, "There it is." Um, but that does leave us with the question of where's the green lightsaber? We haven't seen it. We saw it in the flashback, and that's it. Uh, we didn't see him lay a hand on it on the island at all. And people are going to wonder what happened to it. Where is it? I think in episode nine, we're going to be informed that General Organa has passed on, passed on and Ray is going to get a box. And it's going to be a box that Leia ordered be given to Ray upon her death. And Ray is going to open the box and there's going to be Luke's green lightsaber. He gave it to Leia after Ben destroyed the temple and stole a bunch of his Jedi. I disagree, I disagree too. Okay. Ray is going to build her own lightsaber. She's going to rebuild Luke's original. You think she's going to rebuild the blue? I think I think yep. she's going to build her own lightsaber. It's it's a rite of passage for a Jedi. It it is, but and I, I expect that that would happen uh, at some point in the movie. But m- maybe. Maybe they show us her getting the green lightsaber having taken place right after, uh, uh, right after the Last Jedi, and then deeper into Episode Nine, she'll build her own. I, I fully expect she's going to build her own. Maybe she builds her own using the same uh, crystal that's in uh, the green one. I don't know. Maybe she'll take the crystal out of that one to build hers. Well, given given how Luke reacted to the lightsaber that Ray gave him. I assume that he, that his other one's at the bottom of the water somewhere. <laughs> maybe it's still, maybe it's, maybe yeah, it's but still, the crystal, but the crystal was still, I mean, she could still use the crystal, even if it, yeah. even if the electronics in it mm-hmm. were, were not working. Well, and, and his original saber should be somewhere in the middle of Bespin right now. So they have a, they have a tendency to turn up. Well, well Maz, Maz told <laughs> yeah. us that was an interesting story for another time. And that yeah. other time just hasn't, arrived yet apparently yeah can 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 we talk about something that happened in this movie that has not happened in a single other star wars film uh okay. kiss between two people of color no although that was cool <laughs> uh and unexpected um i saw it i love I saw rose it i love rose, rose awesome. so much i get kind of a crush on um, her, actually. 
<laughs> did did you see t- total side quest here? Did you see that there's a video of uh, they were at some? I, I guess maybe it was the big the the the, the big gala premiere, uh, and she's walking down the red carpet. She's in this like long red dress, and she sees someone in the in the in the crowd cosplaying as Rose and she just the, the actress absolutely oh. lost it <laughs> she like just went over and hugged her and she's like I can't cry if I cry I'll ruin my makeup but you, this is the greatest thing ever she's I one of arrived. us <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, stormtrooper armor stopped a blaster bolt uh, <laughs> you mean Phasma and it because we're looking forward to seeing that character a lot in the now oh wait no we're not maybe i don't know i don't know i don't know we might fell into fire her her shield deflected a blast and she fell into fire she's largely covered she's fine she might just have a a a zuko like scar yeah or she might lose that eye yeah but she um you know i i will say i was a little disappointed because we were told there'd be a lot more Phasma in this movie, and there was just about as much Phasma as the last yeah. movie. Oh, there was she, less. She did, she yeah, did there was less. <laughs> but she did more stuff, yeah. At, at least she went out without being thrown into a garbage com- compactor. Yeah. But, um, I, I was know, amazed I, that we didn't see her face, because the, what's the, the actress's name? Gwendolyn Christie? Yes. Gwendolyn Christie, yeah. yeah. she's a Because she's a big character on Game of Thrones, and for them to have a, a an actress of that caliber... And have her in two movies now, and we haven't seen her face at all. Yeah, <laughs> seems strange but it's to Star me. Star Wars, but that's a Star yeah, Wars. Like thing. They, they, they hide celebrities all over the place. That doesn't. I mean, look at Jeremy Bullock. He's made a career out of going to conventions. And say, I was Boba Fett for <laughs> ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, um, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was the guy who was like, "They can't park on the beach." <laughs> yeah, but he. He, he was he was the voice. Oh, was that yeah, him? He was the voice of they parked on the beach. I told him not to. Yeah. Um, the oh, okay. the short drunken alien that was dropping coins into BB-8. Apparently, um, that was motion captured by Mark Hamill. Nah. Um, <laughs> rumor has it that Tom Hardy is a stormtrooper somewhere, and I've also read reports that uh, Prince Harry, uh, and Prince he- what's his name, um. No, they got cut yeah, out. Right, they were, but right. they got they were cut in there, out. But, yeah. but, the, but the scene got cut. They were and, what? They were stormtroopers. Yeah, they were. They were in the yeah. movie. Yeah. And Gwendolyn Christie as Captain Phasma, I, I get I, she is a wonderful performer, and I was really excited when I heard that she was cast as uh, an Imperial officer of obviously that caliber to get such a special outfit and a cool name and be in The Force Awakens, and then vanish. Well, okay, well, she'll come back, and they'll they'll redeem that, because she's going to be totally bad A, and we hardly get to see her in this one either. That's two strikes, new trilogy. So, in, in my, my personal opinion is, the only way to redeem the character of Captain Phasma, or at least for the filmmakers to redeem themselves in their handling of the character, is for Captain Phasma to survive, to return in episode nine and be the major villain. Like what? Like secondhand to, to Ben solo and to be a major force, because if she just shows up for another 10 minutes in a two and a half hour movie, and then to be just to, just to go out. Like 
in the words of Samuel L. Jackson, to go out like a bitch, like she has in the past, in two movies now. If they do it again in a third, then that's going to be one of the biggest uh, tragedies of this trilogy, is for a character with that much potential to be squandered so badly. I think Finn will actually have to really face her in the in the next movie because he's faced her twice, but twice he's kind of quickly gotten the best of her, and I think that the next time it's going to be a little harder for him to beat him. Beat yeah, it better be. So, yeah. But let's talk uh, about did, Finn. Uh, we because okay. we haven't really talked about Finn and Rose or po. uh, much at all. Or yeah, Poe Dameron as well. Three hour episode. but uh he starts out i mean i know he's he's got it in his head that he's going to save ray because she doesn't know where they are or where they're going but he's he starts out he's running away just like he did in in how he got there in the first place with by running away from the from the first order so uh this is kind of becoming a habit (laughs) a habit with finn to to take off uh, at the at the at the side of uh, danger, but um, well, th- this was a little less cowardice yeah. and more trying to save, yeah, Ray. I mean, it in his own kind yeah, of it, it way. wasn't too cool of him to put, um, you know, Ray and his uh, devotion and his friendship for Ray above everything else. But it, at least it wasn't cowardice. But but you know we have to keep in mind with Finn. He was raised from early childhood to be a stormtrooper. So altruism and and uh, uh you know empathy and stuff aren't really part of his upbringing. and to fear the first order. Like that like it's like yeah. Pavlovian. Yeah. So the the fact that he's he's not trying to abandon you know, he, he's no longer trying to run away just to save his own skin. You know, he's trying to get away because he thinks that what's going on with the with the resistance is a doomed mission, and he he doesn't want Ray to come back. Yeah, to that. like I I think um, if Ray had been on the ship, he would not have left. It's not like he'd be like we we need to get out of here. I don't think he he would have stayed. Yeah. It, it was about her. You know, there's there's kind of a parallel here to, uh, if you'll pardon me for crossing the streams, um, in Star Trek Discovery, we're seeing a lot of how um, um, Michael Burnham is dealing with emotions after having been raised to not have them. And here we're seeing Finn dealing with thinking of others after being raised to only think about killing others. And so his inability to always choose the right way to do it i don't think we need to i don't think we can hold that against him because he wasn't trying to run away you know even though that's what it looked like and that's why rose you know stunned him and he knew uh, that he knew that's what it looked like he he knew it was going to look that way because uh he was trying his best to lie his way out of the situation when he got caught. <laughs> so. well, and he thinks he's slick, but he's about as slick as a piece of sandpaper, <laughs> right. which I think is hilarious. <laughs> so they uh, so they end up going on a mission to go find a code breaker at a casino <clears throat> in, on some, you know, planet. Canto Bite is where they went. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, I, I have to say, I hated this whole section of the movie. 
I, I really think this whole section of the movie could have either been its own film or should have been this film or should have been forgotten. Yeah. Because th- it did nothing to the plot other than drag Here's it Here's where I disagree. Um, okay. <laughs> and I'm not saying you're wrong. I just think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can be wrong. I'm wrong um, a lot. <laughs> the, that whole mission was to was really it was part it was a subplot of Poe's uh, story arc because the very very beginning of the movie um, the the people in charge are like okay I want you to do this he's like nope I know better he's like no I need you to do this nope I know better and well we know what happened um, was it a success yeah but you got a lot of people killed and it really wasn't worth it and the very next thing he does is the same thing. He's he said because the whole Poe needed to learn. Poe's journey was just because you're brave and a hotshot doesn't mean you know everything. And sometimes you need to just let the people in charge do what they're doing. And he couldn't do that. So as a result, they he had his own little side mission, sent the two to the planet. They brought back a codebreaker, not the codebreaker, and as a result of that decision, the plan failed because the plan was to uh, send the send the ship ahead. They would keep following the ship. Meanwhile, the actual people in the little shuttles would be safely on the planet. The only reason that plan failed was because the codebreaker turned on them. They only had the codebreaker because Poe decided to do his own thing as opposed to following the chain of command. That was his second and equally, if not more, tragic lesson that leadership means, sometimes means following orders. That's why I think the whole, I mean, yeah, it was was its own little mission, but in terms of the (coughs) plot... I mean, obviously, yeah, they didn't they didn't disable the thing, but what what it did do in terms of the storyline was place that scurrilous individual in a position to screw them, which would not have happened if Poe had done what he was supposed to do. You shame me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also we also get to see the next generation of the, of the rebellion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It. I I have to say I liked. Benicio del Toro's performance, but I hated the character. (laughs) Yeah, and there was, and this was, this was rumored, this was rumored ahead of time that Benicio del Toro's character might be Ezra from, uh, from Rebels. It's well, it's not. I mean, it's obviously not. (laughs) Number one, Ezra would have never turned on him the way that he did, and number two, Ezra was being trained as a Jedi himself, so he would have he would have done something with a lightsaber or something if it had been him. But, um, but yeah, this guy's name was DJ and did they ever say his name in the movie? I don't think actually, I think, I think IMDB is wrong on that because I've seen him referred to by a different name elsewhere. Well, what I read was on Wikipedia and it it says his name is DJ. It also says that, um, the, the, 
the letters DJ mean something, but they haven't said what. So I'm assuming he's going to be back in episode nine, and we're going to find out that he is related in some way to something that we've seen before. I, I don't know. I've, I've actually read that uh, DJ does stand for something, and um, if, if this translation, if this explanation is right, then we did technically hear his quote-unquote name. Um, Darth Jr.? I, I've heard that the the lettering on uh, the hat that he wears, he wears like a little pillbox hat, mm-hmm. and it's got like a little plate on it, and on that plate is some lettering in an alien uh, language. And I've heard that that translates to don't join, which he does say at one point. Huh. When he's talking to Finn, he, oh. he gives you know, Finn the advice of don't join. And that's what DJ stands for, is don't join. I could have swore I saw some mention but now i'm looking like all over the internet it's all just dj 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 so yeah he just says been wrong. he said that he is a code breaker and he says benicio del toro said that his character is a lot like a knife if you grab it by the handle it'll i mean if you grab it by the blade it'll cut you if you grab it by the handle it can be useful you know so yeah i i i, so I appreciate a character who is consistent he was he was consistent. He was like, I, this is the best, I, you know, yeah. I will try to help you as much as it doesn't hurt me. And that's what he did. Yeah, he should, they should never have trusted mm-hmm. no. him. That was, that was, the, yeah. she said there is exactly one code breaker that I trust who can do this. She mm-hmm. didn't say there was only one who could do it. There's one that mm-hmm. I trust. Who can yeah. Do it. Right. It's, it's the scorpion. Yeah. The, the, the scorpion. Yeah. So I, I agree with both John and I agree with Rick. Um, the, this, side plot was important in that <clears throat> it was a plan that Poe allowed to be put into action, which had uh, unfortunate and bad consequences for the resistance. Um, and that's, you know, yet another lesson in a movie that is rife with our heroes failing over and over again. But, you know, a, a particular Jedi Master Ghost makes it clear that failure is one of our greatest teachers. And that's what this movie is about, is the resistance learning from Mm -hmm. a lot of failures in a row, all in one film. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I I also agree with Rick in that, insofar as I think that subplot was maybe not as well executed as it could have been. It felt like it dragged here and there. Um, it wasn't as engaging as everything else. I enjoyed uh, the opportunity to see areas of the society in this galaxy far, far away that we haven't seen before. We haven't seen the high society that is not connected with the Empire. These are the people who live the good life. They are not Imperial officers. They are not rebels. But they have figured out how to live well because of the Empire and the Rebels. Because they're making money selling arms to to everyone. And that was that was a side of this galaxy that we haven't yet seen, and I, I found that interesting. Um, introduce us to the kids that are manning the stables so we can get that one kid at the end who I think at least half of the people in my theater did not notice what that kid did with the broom at the end. <laughs> The force is out there. My wife wasn't sure that I caught it. I'm like, oh yeah, I caught it. <laughs> the force is out there, and if you blink, you'll miss it. Um, 
Another thing that I wasn't wild about with that subplot is it seemed to me at the very end that Rose's uh, feelings for Finn, to me, they kind of came out of nowhere, but maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention before that. I agree with you. I, 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 <laughs> I, well, I don't think that kiss was romantic. I think I thought that she was like declaring her love for him, but there had not been any indication that anybody had feelings like that up until that point. I thought, I, no, she, I mean, I don't mind that it happened. I just felt like it was kind of shoehorned in. I think, well, she was, she, I think she thinks, and we don't even know. She thought she was dying. Yeah. Yes. And I think that that was just a, a you know, a lonely girl who oh, you just did. did a noble thing. My wife is sitting here telling me I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it too, Sherry. <laughs> John says he saw um, it too. I'm sorry, Rick. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that, I think that was the 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 deathbed wisdom thing. I don't think it was a romantic kiss so much of, as it was just a uh, human it, connection. It was like it was like punctuation. It was yeah, it was connection. It it wasn't. I have a crush on you. It wasn't. I love you. In in that way, it was just a nonverbal way to reach out to what may be as far as she knows, the last person she'll ever see. I think it's, I think it's both. I think, I think it was, um, you know, what do you do in your final moments? Uh, but I, I do think she was attracted to him. I do think, and and you're like, well, there's no indication. Well, when would there have been like, they were kind of busy. Like, (laughs) like, you know, you want to stop by for coffee? Never. there, There was no opportunity for that. (laughs) Um, I think I think Finn missed it because he had all eyes on Rey Um, but I don't think it wasn't there I think you know much like Kylo I think he he saw it when the audience saw it Um, and, and no I don't think that you know it's eternal devotion necessarily love but um, yeah, I mean, she was into him from the moment she saw him. She had a fangirl thing going on, you know, from jump. Well, yeah. And then she zapped yeah. him. Yeah. Because she don't need no man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about that scene with uh, Luke and Leia. So that was... That was tears. Yeah. Tears. Tears. Yeah, when I, I saw that, I saw that scene, and yeah, I got... I got a little misty-eyed watching it, uh, but when I left the theater, I got my phone out and I texted Rick and I said, "You're gonna need some tissues." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I knew it was gonna get. I knew it was gonna get Rick, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that was a uh, a very moving scene because not not just because it's Luke and Leia and we haven't seen them on screen together in decades, but. Also, the fact that now, you know, Carrie Fisher has passed away and this is her last film. And just the the line when Luke kissed her on the forehead and he said, uh, nobody's ever really gone. You know, that that grabbed me. <laughs> I, I wonder if that was because when he says that particular line, it's, it's just a shot of him. And I, and I yeah. wonder if that was always in the script or if that was added. I don't know. It works though. Oh, it works great. That was, I mean, it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. It was, you know, it was perfect. And I wondered if she, at that point, knew that she wasn't 
he wasn't really there, that he was a projection because she was able to interact with him. She knew. But if she's force sensitive, you would think that she would have known that he was there before he just walked into the room. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> she, I'm, but, I'm sure that yeah. Leia would have known. I feel like she knew yeah. and she knew what he was doing and why. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he told her, he said, I'm here to face uh, uh, Kylo and I can't save him. I mean, she just told it. He told her that straight up. I can't save him. Yeah. So. No, I mean, I like. And she was like, yeah, go, go. Take, yeah, take I mean, but I, she yeah. knew that he was a projection. <laughs> she knew that he was there as a distraction. And she played along because A, it's inspiring to the troops, and B, you know, he needed to face down Kylo to give everybody a chance to escape. And she didn't say, let's use this opportunity to escape because her whole thing is also mentoring, again, the post storyline. He needed to be the one to be a leader. She is training him to be a right. leader. And she was like, let's see if he can do it. Yeah, and, and Poe even said, he said, uh, there's got to be a way to get out of here because he got in here some, yeah. somehow. Well, he got in there because he's a, he's not really there. Right, yeah. <laughs> but he was able to use that to figure out, you know, there was no doubt in his mind that there was, there was a way out, even though, you know, there may not have been, but he did find and, a way. And um, not for nothing, but I do watch uh, Star Wars Rebels, and there was kind of a similar scene where the rebellion was trapped in a cave, and it wasn't it wasn't the sparkly ice foxes or whatever, but there were um, like these wolves that were also kind of force sensitive, and they did kind of the same thing, where they, they had they, they led them through like kind of a back tunnel to escape certain capture. Yeah, I I thought that I remembered that I wasn't sure because I I've I I haven't watched season three of rebels uh but yeah there was that that base where they were trying to get the fuel from it and they were the but they were kind of monsterish things um separate thing separate thing they, they, these were these oh, were like wolf, okay wolf looking creatures that just appear okay. and disappear and it, and it you know i think it probably takes like three or four episodes from the figure out how they're doing it uh, oh okay right uh did did any of y'all catch and that this was one of the moments where I almost lost it cuz the the first time through there were a lot of moments where I was just like uh, you know just get choked up and get choked up and get choked up I nearly lost it when when Chewie took the falcon down into that ice fish into that crystal fissure yeah and all of a sudden they started playing the music from the final battle of Star Wars I didn't catch that yeah I did not catch it oh. see see go ahead See the, the the Star Wars soundtrack was one of the first records I my dad Okay, my my uh li- little bit of background. I'm not going to go too deep into it. My my folks split up when I was 2 and then when we moved, you know, and I saw my dad every other weekend. And then when we moved to Florida, I only saw my dad like like for a week in the summer. But and we moved to Florida in 77. Star Wars was the first movie that my mom let my brother and me go see by ourselves. She dropped us off in front of the movie theater when we lived in Miami. Um, and so summer summer 77 was when I first saw Star Wars. Uh, and uh, then that Christmas, my dad gave me the Star Wars soundtrack for Christmas. And I that thing never left my turntable for like three <laughs> years after that. Um and so I know every note of the original release. That now the there, there's a new one where they they've 
you know, because they're not constrained to the, the the time running time of an LP. So there's there's more stuff on the soundtrack you can buy now on DVD or uh, on CD rather, which kind of throws me a little bit. Um, but that, you know, I know every single note of the Star Wars soundtrack, and so when it suddenly switched to the final battle music, I was just like, "Oh my god, that's so awesome!" <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this: I did not notice that particularly in that scene, but I did actually in my notes put down because you got old Star Wars characters, you got new Star Wars characters, and like 85% of them have their own theme music. And it was so moving and beautiful to hear the way, depending on who's in the scene, like the background music will play this this sting from that character and this thing from that character and sometimes characters that weren't even in the scene but spiritually they're in the scene so so yeah. there might be you know someone does something heroic or or mentions the force and they might play just a little bit of the luke music uh, or or mm-hmm. or or like maybe they'll blend the poe music and the and the leia music if if poe's being like leadery like it was it was that it's like it was like its own little <laughs> performance in itself. Like just listening to how the music referenced and interacted with with what was going on on screen was 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 amazing. They, they... Yeah, I need to get this. I need to get the soundtrack to see how much new stuff Williams wrote for this movie and how much was was like you said, just Luke's theme, <laughs> Leia's theme, Yoda's theme, etc., 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 and. Theme. and Race theme, theme, yeah. They they did a reprise of uh, uh, "Brother and Sister," um, that track from a uh, from the original trilogy when uh, Luke and Leia had their scene near the end of this movie. They yeah they went back to the like not just a theme for an individual character, but for those two characters together. They went back for that too. No, no, no Chewbacca music though. <laughs> yeah, Chewbacca. What, Chewbacca didn't have a lot to do in this no. movie, but that was that was understandable because they are yeah. trying to transition this from the old well, did, crew to the new crew. Did you notice crew. Peter Mayhew isn't in the credits? On he this. was. Yeah, he well, he was in the movie. He was in the movie. He was in. He shares on this movie. He shares uh, the role with the new guy, which I can't remember the new guy's name now. Well, now the new the new guy is going to one hundred percent be Chewbacca in the Han Solo movie coming out next year. So Peter yeah. Mayhew won't be in that movie at all, but Peter Mayhew does. I mean, he he has trouble getting around. So some of the scenes where Chewie's actually having to like do something, you know, other than flying the ship, that's not Peter Mayhew anymore. He he can't he can't walk around yeah. and, and stuff like that as much. Part of the trouble with being nearly seven feet tall is your your knees don't tolerate right. that very well. Yeah, yeah. He's got an awesome cane, though. <laughs> I think yeah. that Mayhew did not share the role in this film. I think in this movie, he was credited as Wookiee consultant. <laughs> and really? I think it was. I think the other guy was in the suit the whole time. I think that Mayhew has. Uh, I, he's he's probably still there to like you know help the guy to in, right. inform the interpretation of the character through movement. Um, or to to put it in a in a more uh, craven way, he's still pulling a paycheck because he always will forever because he created that character. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he's in the suit anymore. 
Yeah, you're right. I'm reading that now. There was an article that I read the other day that said otherwise, but now I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, and you're right. He's he's a a Chewbacca consultant. Oh, was it? Was, well, oh, specifically Chewbacca. Not, yeah, not not a Wookiee yeah. consultant. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, uh, odds and ends. Oh. Well, there's there's a couple. There's there's two more things. Two more characters. I I I, I think we need to address. Okay. Um. Vice Admiral Holdo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We do need to talk about her, Laura Dern. Now the 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 first time through the movie, I'm like, who the hell is that? I know who she <laughs> is. I I can't. It, it was driving me crazy. And then when the credits roll, oh oh, Laura Dern, of course. Um, I loved how they they dressed her and had her being very feminine and soft spoken and made you totally underestimate her and had Poe trying to, 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 to run roughshod over her. And she just pardon the, pardon the parlance, but this comes from, from, uh, from like military, but she just slapped his dick into the dirt every time <laughs> <laughs> he came up to her. <laughs> and then I, you know, here's a character we knew we, you know, we've known for an hour and then when she and Leia say goodbye, I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if she was somebody that we knew from something else. I, I was kind of half expecting her to be, uh, what's the the girl on Rebels that's got purple hair? I was kind of thinking for a second that it might oh, be her, but it wasn't. No, this is a this is a new Well, a new she, she's from, um, and I know this from reading. I haven't I haven't read the books. I know some reading articles. But she she's from um, a book or two. Oh, okay. uh, so so basically, like she she's an old friend, like mm-hmm. since like teenagers' friend of of Leia from Alderaan. Yeah, there there's there's a book about there's a book about Leia that details like how she joined the rebellion originally, um, and that's where they introduce this character and their relationship to each other, which kind of bothers me because it's another example of. Yeah, look, there's obviously a lot of history between these two characters, yeah. but if yeah. you didn't read this book, you're missing out. I don't like that. If you want to if 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 you want to show us that there's a relationship and give us, you know, n- not just show us that there is a relationship, but give us at least some hint of what the relationship is and then expand on that in a book afterward. Okay, fine. But when they create these moments that you can't fully appreciate unless you've already read a book that's come out before this movie, that's what gets under my skin. Not to the point where I'm going to get mad at the movie, but I will frown for a I moment I'm before o- I I'm okay with well, that let it go and move on to something else. I feel like that's kind of my comeuppance um, for all the comic book movies coming out now. You know, I've, I've, I've got all the background on these, on these characters that you know, if you haven't read the comic, you don't know. So I feel like that's fair that I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't I'm not as into Star mm-hmm. Trek or, I mean, obviously I'm a big fan. I'm not as into Star Trek or Star Wars enough to like, you know, read all the supplementary material. So I feel like that's, that's my nerd balance. It's my nerd comma. Well, you know, I, I despise mm-hmm. when a movie requires homework Agreed. to get, uh, I, I think that is the the laziest form of storytelling, J.J. Abrams. Um, but I didn't I didn't have a problem with that. I I got that there was this deep relationship between Holdo and and, and you don't Leia. know if they were a thing. And I, I mean, I think they weren't. But 
wait, were, were you in, were you, were you saying this book says that they were lovers? Um, no, the book confirms that they were not, but going from the movie, oh, okay. maybe they were. No, I never, I never thought that for a second. I, I, that, that <laughs> People just, get crazy I in college, were, Rick. <laughs> People do all kinds of weird shit. <laughs> Some experimentation. Yeah, they almost did brother, so I guess she's pretty open-minded. Yeah. You yeah. never know. It's a galaxy far away. <laughs> the rules ain't the same rules, Rick. <laughs> I I did and I did enjoy the character. I liked how she was able to uh, stand up to Poe, even when he was saying, "I I want to know what's going on. I want you to tell me what's going on." She's like, uh, "No." I don't have to. Now, if she had told him the plan, would it have kept him from sending Finn and Rose out on their mission and thus compromising their eventual escape plan? But also, if if Poe had had shared his plan. He wouldn't have made that mistake. Right. But but she she was not wrong to keep it from him because he had been acting out and, and making mistakes and he had been demoted. He didn't deserve to hear the plan and she was under no obligation to tell him now i've heard people online complaining you know (laughs) why is she why is she being so mean to poe and why is she keeping stuff from him because that's her job at that moment is to keep stuff from him because he's being irresponsible unfortunately he's irresponsible anyway and that causes its own problems but i would it have helped would it have helped if she had told him yes should she have told him no um, my, my, my pot. <laughs> That's awesome, man. My, well, I, I like you too. I like you. My, my podcast, uh, <laughs> menu is full of Star Wars reviews and I, I listened to one of them. I, I didn't really, it, it played automatically. I, I just didn't stop it. I try not to listen to stuff that I'm going to talk about. So I'm not too influenced, but, um, this is uh, from the uh, Millennial Falcon. Uh, I can't remember who said it, but basically they were saying at that moment, um, and I can't remember if it was like an earlier version of the script or, or, or one of the actors were talking about it, but basically they don't know, they, the Rebellion, don't know how the Empire or the, or the First Order is following them, how they attract through hyperspace. So they assumed it's a mole, not a tracking device. Ergo, she's doesn't know who she can trust, so she doesn't mm-hmm. tell anybody the plan. She mm-hmm. just it actually yeah. plan. Which, you know, makes sense, I, I guess, yeah. as additional okay, yeah, I can see that. I, but I didn't I, I, I agree with you, Scott. Like she didn't she wasn't obligated to tell him. He was obligated to follow her orders. Right. And Captain right. is under commander apparently <laughs> in the in their in their uh, hierarchy, which I, I always think of Star Trek. And Captain comes above uh, <laughs> above commander. Well, they're yeah, they're they're mixing up ranks quite a bit in because uh, like if you've got admirals and generals and captains and commanders, you're mixing kind of army ranks with right. navy ranks. And hey, man, they're rebels, man. Yeah. They do their own it's thing. It's their own thing. They do their own thing, man. I this is not the rebellion. This is the resistance. You have to. Oh right, right, right. The, um, actually, this is not the rebellion. The rebellion this is the, the resistance. Um, right. I have. I want to know 
<laughs> what everyone thought of the scene, uh, uh, you know, effectively raised scene in the cave with the, with the multiple hers and the mirror and. I, I love the effect. What do you think it meant? Uh, Rick, you go first. Or, or do you want to interpret? I think it was it was a deliberate callback to Luke's experience in the cave on Dagobah. Um, I think that in the interpretation of what happened to her at that crystal wall. Uh, I think will will really depend on what, if anything, they do with it in the next movie. Because right now, when you combine it with what uh, Ren said to her, it's basically saying your parents are irrelevant. Stop worrying about them and be yourself. Um, and I'll be I'll be glad. You know, I am enjoying the you know kind of the oh she's a kenobi oh she's a she's a uh a, a skywalker she's a solo you know at this point i still think that she is kylo ren's sister but ultimately if it's if he was telling the truth and if this movie is saying that her parentage is irrelevant and she's just a badass on her own i'm totally cool with that uh because you know like i like like you said John earlier and like I've been kind of saying I'm along for the ride and what what Scott's been saying what happens on screen is what happens is that's where the canon comes from that you know people can bitch about it people can and have petitions to have a movie stricken from canon what the (laughs) bleeding F are they thinking about with that yeah that was there's not enough to worry about in this world that you're making a goddamn petition (laughs) about a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I um, read that. I could not believe that. I mean, you actually think that they're going to back and go back and remake this movie because because you didn't like it. Because 1,500 people <laughs> didn't awesome like it. Yeah, just blow anyway. watch the movie. They could do that. Yeah. They could yeah. do that. I mean... It's okay to not <laughs> like things. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I think that the, definitely this movie is saying that who, who raised parents are doesn't matter. And, and and that's fine. I, I think that's fine. I think that's an important lesson for Ray to learn as uh, as a child who lost his father when I was very young. Uh, I know all too well. And God, I'm just totally digging into my own past here in this <laughs> show. Sorry, folks. Um, but I, I dig it. You know, I, my father died when I was 14. And I spent way too much of my life deifying him and trying to be like this man I barely knew uh, and and just f- totally focusing on my dad and my father and who was he and what am I in comparison and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, finally the day I went, you know what? I'm not my dad. I don't need to be my dad. I need to be me. Uh, that was kind of like release, you know, uh, dropping a huge burden. Uh, and I think maybe that's what that scene was trying to get across to Ray is that, you know, there's no shame in being yourself. And if you are looking for validation from who your parents are, they are they are at, at the most the people who gave who created you. 
And that's why she sees her own face in there. Yeah. Yeah, and I was kind of leaning towards the fact that she's seeing that the last Jedi is her. I mean, there's a Je- the, the only thing left of the Jedi army is her. Yeah, I, I think that... I, I, I go along with everything that you were saying about is saying that her uh, parentage didn't matter because it, she asked, let me see my parents. And then she saw herself. Obviously she's not her own parents, but, um, yeah. What's her name? Anakin? Yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I think that it was, it was saying that what we see in the title, the last Jedi, I think it's referring to her. And I think that that's what they were trying to say in that scene. I think what she was asking, show me my parents, is those are the words that she used, but her intention was show me who will guide me through this, who will teach me where I belong and what I'm supposed to do. Because that, and that's what she had asked uh, Ben at another, no, 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 I'm sorry, she asked uh, Luke at a different point in the movie, um, uh, I need someone to show me my place in all this. That's what she's looking for. So when she asks, show me my parents, because they're the ones that will show me my place in all this. And the mirror and the crystal showed her herself. Just like when Luke went into the cave looking to face his greatest enemy and found out that his greatest enemy could well be himself. All that stuff you guys all said. Okay. And and, and, <laughs> and also, um, yeah, I mean, you know, once again, I'm, I must reference that, uh, that 80s classic, The Last Dragon. Where she, she, you know, she's she's looking for a master, and she discovers that she is her own master. And I, and I think uh, part of I interpreted the the multiple hers as almost like alternate possible hers. Um, you know, because because again, referencing the the what happened with Luke is you could be the good guy or you could be the bad guy, uh, but there was only two of him because he saw that kind of duality he saw the light and the dark he saw things in terms of the light and the dark i should say whereas for her it's this open field it's the the possibilities are infinite infinite it's not just um and and yeah and the, and the same thing of, of course about the parents you know it, it ultimately you need to look to yourself and not look to um the past so much as it's not even the future, but within. Okay. Well, uh, we, we would be remiss if we didn't speak for at least a minute about the death of Luke Skywalker. Um, I think that, uh, the scene where we saw him absorbed into the force, what struck me is the fact that he said earlier in the film that he came to that Island to die because, he thought that the Jedi should end and it needed to end with him. Um, but he could have done that at any time. So there was a part of him that knew that he still needed to be around this, that he was going to be needed at some point. Uh, he, he, they said that he had cut himself off from the force, which, uh, which is why I guess they weren't able to, to, to find him until they did in the, in the last movie. But, Evidently, Yoda was able to break through that because he found him. <laughs> well, he found him after after he had reconnected with the Force. Had, had he done? Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember if it was before or after that. But uh, but no. yeah, Yoda was able to reconnect with him. And but then, like I said, I think that this whole time Luke knew 
that something was coming. He was going to be needed, or else he would have he would have uh, let himself be absorbed years ago. And well, that's I don't know that that's necessarily a voluntary thing. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he just let go and was absorbed by the force. I think that it was the because when when uh, Ren and Ray uh, first saw each other, she's like, "How are you doing this? Like, you couldn't do this. The effort would kill you." I think that's yeah. I I didn't catch yeah, that till the second time. I, I think saw that's it. what happened. It, Snoke could do it because he's you know he's super Snoke and he wasn't you know he wasn't he wasn't <laughs> expending nearly as much energy. You know, it's like the difference between. I don't know, uh, talking on the telephone and having like a 3D hologram. Like it's a lot more power to do what Luke did. And. Well, also he was, he was, yeah, he was tapping into both Kylo and Ray and using their energy. Uh, And whereas Luke was just doing it all by himself. the, The spiritual legacy of that island, which also makes him float, which was awesome. Cool. I thought. That he was floating. <laughs> um, meditating. Yeah. I, I just want to throw in one one hopefully quick thing. Um, there is only one character in these new movies that I can't stand. And that's General Hux. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed and, to be able to stand him. I think... Well, it's, it's, it's not a matter of I don't like him because he's a bastard. I don't like the performance. Because I know Dom Hall Gleason can do much better. Um, but that being said, I mean, every day, like especially the scene where uh, where they've captured Finn and Rose, and and he's just gloating over them. I kept expecting him to go Centurion, throw him to the floor, <laughs> Wesley. <laughs> um, and and that whole posturing at the in the beginning when when Poe basically just turns it into a big your mama joke. Um, I just, I've never liked Hux. I've never believed him as having anywhere near the, cap- the, the, the capability or the charisma to be that high up in an organization. But I also take it as evidence that the First Order are being run by second-rate incompetence. And that's why Snoke can be the supreme leader, even though he's obviously nothing, you know, not even a pale shadow of Palpatine. Um, And Hux is nowhere, is not a Darth Vader and neither is Kylo Ren yet. Um, And I think the fact that the the First Order just has the numbers and the, the, the resources of the old empire, and that's why they would manage to, to, prevail not because they are in any way intellectually a match for the the resistance right it, it doesn't seem likely that someone as arrogant and uh, foolish and incompetent as Hux would be able to rise and to the yes. position that he has risen to um, <laughs> you put you put I'm Hux next saying. to him right you you put Hux. You put Hux next to Tarkin, next to um, uh, what's his name from from Rogue One. Um, I feel like uh, Ben like Mendelsohn from Rogue One. Actually. Put him next to Grand Admiral Thrawn, and this guy is is essentially nothing. He is worthless compared to all the other Imperial officers that we've seen. But here, he holds a high position, and I think it it. 
it's probably the filmmaker's way of illustrating to us how much of the power is concentrated in one person, that being uh, the supreme leader, rather than spread out amongst a lot of competent officers. I don't think that he's incompetent. I think he is competent. I don't think he's especially smart. I don't think he's especially cunning. I think he is competent. I think he is good enough. And this particular First Order, like you said, they've got the infrastructure set up, so good enough is good enough. Um, I don't particularly like him, but he, he annoyed me far more, actually, in the last movie than he did in this one. Because, yeah, it, it was it was very... Um, was it Colonel Clink? Like, just, just way <laughs> over the top. <laughs> nah! Okay, all right. Settle down. Come, come on. Just sit down. I've always looked at the uh, Imperial officers as being like Keystone cops anyway. Um, that they're not necessarily in the Empire because of something that they believe in. They just are not wanting to get killed. So they do whatever they can to keep the big bad happy. You know, (laughs) as long as he's happy and he's not killing us with his magic choking powers, then, uh, then, then we're okay. And so, uh, I think, I think that any character that is going to be high up in, in that organization is going to have some aspects of cowardice in them anyway. Yeah. So, Hmm. Okay. Well, let's, uh, I had I had one okay, other moment before we wrap up. Just it, just a, a singular moment, something that we haven't seen in Star Wars yet, and not just because this is an event that we haven't seen, but now we have, and it was awesome. But the way it was filmed and presented, um, it was. You see, <laughs> I don't have words for it. That that that's what it was. Um, it it was the one moment in the film that made me just hold my breath and take in what was happening on screen. And that was, um, uh, when the vice admiral, Oh yeah. Oh Set yeah. the ship, um, to light speed through Snoke's. Yeah. That was big and, ship. And, and... Once, once it became clear, that's what she was going to do. I got excited because, okay, we see this coming. Show it to me. I want to see it. I've always wondered what this would look like. Now I get to see it. And then the engines engage, and it's a bright white flash and a white slash through the ship. And the instant that happens, all the sound goes out, and the sound stays out as we see, like, six different uh, instances of slash, 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 (laughs) slash, slash. And my theater was quiet as a tomb. Yeah. And I <laughs> loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. I could have I could have turned around and thanked everyone in the theater. Thank you for <laughs> shutting the hell up. Thank you for shutting the hell up. Thank you. Oh, you shut your damn mouth. That was that, that's appreciated. Thank you very much. All right. Good job. Good job, everybody. Hush. Hush. It was so brilliantly put together. To see all that in the absolute silence, and then with the big flash where they bring the sound back in, once that sound came back, 
in that huge flash and explosion. I said, all right, movie, whatever else you got, you, you've already won. <laughs> you can put down your gun. The fight's over. Just show me what else I'm you got left. Many, it's all good. Many technical awards for this film. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, they they deserve it. It was, and actually, probably it, not just technical awards. It's it's. I would not be surprised if it was nominated for best picture. It should be. I mean, I'd be I, I would be surprised, but I yeah, be surprised. it would not be undeserved. Yeah. I, I, I don't but, necessarily um, feel that it is the best picture, but I feel like it is epic enough to be considered for best picture. As long as they don't go by the audience, because Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> I mean, this is one of those rare movies where the uh, the critics are giving it a 93%, and the audience is giving it a 53%, what? which is ridiculous. Well... There's also a lot of I don't it's stronger than rumor but not exactly fact that there was a concerted movement to torpedo the Rotten Tomatoes rating of the movie by people who had either not even seen it yet or just were determined to hate it and there's also been uh strong suggestions that there were a lot of bots set up just it would, to, it would have to be I've not heard uh, Half of the just people to, yeah. that I, I've, I mean, just based on Facebook feed, it was not fifty percent. I hate this movie. There was I've, you know, I'd say maybe out of twenty, uh, three or four, didn't like it, and there were a few that were meh about it, but the vast majority has been positive. Yeah, it kind of reminded me yeah. of Ghostbusters. You know, they were they were ready to to burn that movie to the ground before it ever even got started but uh but yeah they um and i wasn't expecting this i mean with ghostbusters it was telegraph i we saw all the hate mail on or all the hate uh comments on youtube and stuff when the trailer came out but with this i had not heard anything until the movie came out i didn't know that there were people that didn't like it i just don't understand the point of putting that much effort into yeah yeah, I know. Screwing just go. Just, just watch the movie, or don't. If you don't like, like it, don't watch yeah. it. <laughs> like anyway, anyway. Welcome to welcome to 2017. But <laughs> as, I, as I've often said, the internet is just an angry mob waiting to happen. Yeah. All right. So, mm-hmm. uh, Rick, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you, sir. And Scott, thank you. It's it, it's always a good time. And John, it's always a good life day. <laughs> John, pleasure as always. Yeah, man. And uh, you guys uh, have a merry Christmas and a happy New Year. And um, as far as the audience, or whatever, uh, or whatever holiday gonna, you may be celebrating. Yeah, yeah, Hanukkah, yeah, all that <laughs> stuff. Have have a happy one. Um, as far as the audience goes, uh, we're going to be off for a couple of weeks. As far as what you hear, we'll be recording some stuff, but. Uh, but go right now to iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict on the Android Store or SoundCloud and subscribe to the show so that you'll be notified whenever we uh, post a new episode. And leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so that we can uh, get the show in front of more people and share our posts on Facebook and Twitter so that uh, you'll help us get more people to be able to see those things. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can write us on Facebook or Twitter or you know, just search for Cosmic Potato and you can email us at mail at cosmicpotato.com or you can send us a voicemail or a text message to area code 205-642-8380. 
And since this episode is most likely going to come out very late on December 23rd, as I said, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners and a very happy new year. And be sure to join us in season four of Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast in 2018 when you might hear John say, Okay, so to all of you out there listening through your car, your phone, or your laptop, uh, you might want to take a moment, look at the display on your screen, and check the time of your playback because I have a feeling you're going to want to rewind this next part. (laughs) Hello, my name is Archibald, and now for something completely different, do it, Rockapella. Boot up, doop 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 up. Boop doo ba up, boop doo ba doo bows. We talk TV and talk movies and rubber cling on boobies. We talk DC and talk Marvel and why one of them sucks. Mr. Wizard Futurama, the Xenomorphs, a loving mama. This is why you should listen to Cosmic Potato. We had been put by Jack Sparrow. We like Flashway more than ever. Favorite remix, favorite villains, and lots of quantum leap. Special guest from Mother Podcast. Nintendo Sega Dreamcast, this is why you should listen to Cosmic Potato. Yeah, we talk show dudes and cartoons, spice from Doom and Lampoons, from Briscoe to Disco to Greedo. No Han shows for families, true confessions, tomato meter rating, guesses, guys whose names we can't remember, and best ever movie quotes. From The Hobbit to Keanu, who will you like a film or won't you? This is why you should listen to Cosmic Potato. Once every week a new cosmic potato We hang out with folks from Simply Syndicated But don't don't be confused cause We're Cosmic Potato We'll go from Tom Hanks to E-Man Fly profile, raise and brand From Hulu to YouTube Weird Science Part 2 There's a bunny in the Matrix Schoolhouse flock taught us the basics Toys on eBay, awesome cosplay And infinity means one Doctor Who is now a lady Those big sisters hella crazy if you like puzzles like that, you'll love Cosmic Potato. Go on and subscribe to Cosmic Potato. Find us on Facebook and like Cosmic Potato. And that's one on from Cosmic Potato. Thank you for listening to 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 The name is weird, but it is true. Thank you for listening to Perfect Like You, Perfect Like Me. Thank you for listening to Cosmic Potato. Thank you for listening to Cosmic Potato. That was awesome. (laughs) It was hard not to sing along.